93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, March 16th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. President Joe Biden kicked off the White House's effort to highlight the benefits of his huge COVID relief plan Monday, declaring that hope is here in real and tangible ways as his administration began fanning out across the country to promote the new spending. Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and their spouses have begun an ambitious cross-country tour this week to promote the $1.9 trillion plan as a way to battle the coronavirus and boost the economy. The road show dubbed the Help is Here tour by the White House began Monday with Harris heading to a COVID-19 vaccination site and a culinary academy in Las Vegas and First Lady Jill Biden touring Samuel Smith Elementary School in Burlington, New Jersey. President Biden will begin his national tour in Chester today where he will uh, sell his stimulus package to Americans explaining how it'll impact everyday lives. The president's administration hasn't officially revealed which business he will visit but it's expected uh, to be a woman and minority owned union small business according to the White House communications director. Uh, Kathy, I heard I'm part of the store impression. You might be interested in this. Uh, mini kiss is opening for some of them, so that would oh, be cool. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those Who guys. Doesn't love that. Biden will then head to Georgia with Harris on Friday. Harris will uh, also make a stop in Denver today and meet with small business owners. Jill Biden will be in Concord, New Hampshire, and Harris's husband uh, will be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The stops at vaccination sites, businesses, schools, and more are to are meant to educate the public about different aspects of the giant American rescue plan and how the administration says it will help people get to the other side of the coronavirus pandemic. Biden said President Barack Obama's administration, in which Biden was the vice president, failed to adequately educate the public about the benefits of its economy recovery plan. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf will expand more businesses and event capacity limits and lift a raft of long-standing coronavirus restrictions on bar services starting on Easter Sunday, giving some relief to one of the hardest-hit business sectors, his administration said Monday. The announcement relaxing capacity limits on events is the second time Wolf has taken such a step this month as spring sports season starts up and virus-related hospitalizations continue to decline. The relief is still three weeks away, meaning bars and restaurants will have to live with the current limits during St. Patrick's Day celebrations and the NCAA tournament's March Madness craze. But starting April 4th, patrons can saddle up to the bar and get alcohol service without the purchase of food in Pennsylvania. The curfew on sales will also be lifted. Bar and restaurant capacity will be up to 75% from the current 50%, though customers will still need to be six feet apart. Gyms, malls, and casinos will also be allowed to increase capacity to 75%. And indoor events like concerts and sporting events will be restricted to uh, 25% capacity. I don't know if this is still a thing, but can you still get mixed drinks and stuff brought outside the way they were Depends doing it? Depends on the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, some of them are really loose in restrictions, and then some of you them... You like it, pitchers? They were, they were actually doing pitchers and I stuff? I mean, like you, could, you could oh, get... You, no, you can still get... Like, if you have outdoor seating... Sorry, Nick. No, is just... To, well, mean? are you talking about takeout or... Takeout. Out? Oh, takeout. Takeout, uh, they... They've uh, changed some of the rules for some of the restaurants. Um, So I was at a restaurant last night and uh, we kind of were ordering there through the pandemic and they're still doing the takeout. But like, you know, it still has to be covered and stuff like that. Um, But you can take it. You can still take it home with you, Uh, at least the the, the place that I went to. Or just drive around the corner (laughs) or drive around the corner. Uh, Officials in Philadelphia are expected to release details on Tuesday about lifting restrictions on large outdoor events. A city spokesperson said applications for large events outdoors will accept be accepted soon. The restrictions were in effect due to the covid-19 pandemic. Pandemic. Uh, city officials are also mulling over the decision to ease further COVID-19 restrictions to match new state guidance. Under Governor Wolf's new order,
orders starting on Easter Sunday, outdoor venues like Lincoln Financial Field and Citizens Bank Park would be allowed at 50% capacity. A spokesperson for the city of Philadelphia said officials will review the governor's announcements before deciding whether it will follow suit. We will review any new changes to statewide restrictions issued by the governor and determine what makes sense for Philadelphia based on our local conditions. As uh, has been the case throughout the pandemic, Philadelphia is able to remain more restrictive than the state when it comes to COVID-19 mitigation guidance. In sports this morning. The Flyers beat the New York Rangers 5-4 in overtime last night in Manhattan. The Flyers took an early 2-0 lead. Then the teams traded goals until Claude Giroux scored on a power play to tie it at 4-4. Jake Borchek scored 3 minutes and 47 seconds into overtime to give the Flyers the win. Carter Hart earned the win with 20 saves. The two teams play again at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night, and the puck will drop at 7.30. The Sixers are also playing a team from New York as the Knicks come to town tonight. The Sixers have won five games in a row and have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Tip-off is set for 8 o'clock. In football news, safety Jalen Mills is leaving the Eagles. The Green Goblin is headed to the New New England Patriots on a four-year, $24 million deal, including $9 million guaranteed. But Brandon Graham is sticking around, at least for one more season. The Eagles are signing Graham to a one-year extension that will not only keep him with the Eagles through the 2022 season, but will also lower his 2021 cap hit significantly. Graham, who will turn 33 next month, was set to enter the final year of his contract in 2021. The deal is worth nearly $20 million over the next two seasons, with about $16 million in guaranteed money. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you, Kathy. We're set up for a full program today. we got a number of people are going to be doing. It should be solid. Our good friend Mark Summers will be on. And joining him will be his partner in crime, a gentleman named Ian Shive. And they're promoting what's called The Last Unknown. It's called The Aleutian Islands, and it is streaming on Discovery Plus on March 18th. And uh, they're the executive producers. Ian is the host. I, I watched the trailer. I'm fascinated with this area, Preston. We don't know a lot. And there's like, I didn't realize there are five large volcanoes and about 40 smaller volcanoes really? situated throughout the Aleutian Islands. It's, it's just an area we don't really know a lot about. Yeah. Okay. I'm in, man. Yeah. Love that. All right. So we'll talk to uh, Mark and we'll catch up with him on a personal level to yes, see yeah, what's yeah. going on in his world. Uh, we also have joining us one of our favorites, Tom Papa, will be on the show. He's doing a streaming and interactive show coming up on the 27th, and uh, we'll get some details from him on what that's all about. Uh, we'll also have actor Steven Weber on the show, and he's got a multi-episode arc coming up on uh, the program Chicago Med, which will be tomorrow night on NBC10, so we'll spend some time with them. Notice you're wearing your Shining shirt, and he was in the miniseries, right? Isn't that from The Shining? No, it's from The Stand. The Stand, okay. Same author. Same author, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You're right. He, yeah, yeah. he, he played Jack. In, uh, in, in a Jack pretty Lawrence. good version of The Shining, yeah, yeah. I agree, so maybe we'll have a chance to ask him about that. Uh, we also have uh, Tattoos Day taking place and a little bit different this time around because our old friend Bob Dodge has a tattoo shop and you're going to get a tattoo from that particular location if you do happen to win. They're in Newtown Square and they're called Runic Tattoo. An all-new private studio and gallery is located in Newtown Square. And you can check out Bob's work at Runic Tattoo, which is spelled R-U-N-I-C as in like a rune, you know, Runic Tattoo, <laughs> or at Bob Dodge. 
on Instagram, and Bob's one of the best. He's, he's amazing. He's won awards. What are the odds that this place has full lit torches as you walk yeah. in? I wouldn't doubt yeah. it, man. Well, I'm going to check it out soon. It's right around the corner from my house. He's in St. Albans hey, Square. Oh. Nice. And he's, like, super-duper psyched about oh, it. Oh, awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. Bob Dodge. Yeah. All right, so back together with him again. So all you have to do is text the word tattoo to 39333, and you just might win a tattoo for my buddy Bob. Uh, so those things and more are taking place through the course of the show. Let's break. Come back in a second. The Entertainment Report. Uh, we got the Academy Award nominations late in the show yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we'll go through some of the details on that when we get back, as well as a few other things added in there. We'll be back in a moment. Stay put. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order by 5 p.m. Eastern Time today with free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I may not off during the middle of this uh, uh, oh, no. segment because um, it's lightly vibrating in the oh, building yeah. and it's like rocking me to sleep. <laughs> rocking the baby to so sleep. So they're doing some construction and it I is literally sitting it? here and I'm kind of vibrating a little bit. It's in like being on a train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that may, I say, may I say something? Yeah. With your glasses off. You are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot them today. Beautiful. Uh, am I right? They all the features in my face. Yeah, it, it's a little weird because you've been wearing your glasses all the time now for years. Yeah, and yes, I forgot them. I left them at home, so it's going to be well, interesting. Hold on, if you've <laughs> been wearing them for years, how do you forget them? Like, don't you need them to drive or no? No, I don't drive them. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, right. they kind of, they kind of distract me. So they're, they're just progressive lenses. I don't have really bad eyesight, yeah. so I can get away with it. I'll be able to, I, you know, I'll make a few You'll mistakes here and there. But um, yeah, so I I just I left them at home. I, I you know they're normally in my briefcase, and I forgot this morning or yeah. whatever. So Wait, you, oh, sorry. should be interesting. Did you remember your porn though? Oh, of course. Yeah, it's always keep that in the bag. You know? I never take that out I for never fear take of it leaving out. it someplace. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. there. It's, it's a emergency safety. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly <laughs> he actually has some is. under his skin that was installed. <laughs> it's on a <laughs> micro dot. <laughs> Kathy, yeah, speaking yeah. of porn, did you get the porn I sent you yesterday? Uh, yes. Wait, what? Uh, what was it? So much. Was all these sense. organized? Uh, oh, organized like spaces. Yes, yeah, I did, okay. and like color coordinated. You never spaces. responded to it. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, because okay. I, I saw it uh, early in the morning before we came in here, I, and I, I forgot to say something. To subject you. matter. I said it said porn for you. Oh, <laughs> and what it is? It's just all really unorganized things, and then it's before and after. It's before oh, and, after. Okay. and so I thought you would totally. Get and a well, I out of it. I loved the. Uh, Color coordinated organization. I have not gone there, and I and I want to. I want, really. Well, so my my closet has is semi color coordinated for years, but like um, other things, like people are color coordinating the apps on their phone. So in, in little folders, instead of doing like the photo apps, you're doing. Please, do please, if I ever blue. have that much time to color coordinate my apps, put a bullet right know, in the middle of my it, forehead. But it look, it does. It looks so good. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's. I think. 
I think it's a bad idea because you end up going to the wrong app when you like it. You, yeah, if I, I, I have more apps, apps. Yeah. Like organizing them is was, wrong. What yeah. Preston sent me was um, papers, and they were all organized oh. in colors. I right. loved it. All right. Well, anyhow, let's get to the stupid question, and thank you for the compliment. Oh, no problem. That. From the heart. All right. So I told you I was going to do two Barbie questions yesterday with the, the question about Ken's full name. Now I didn't know this. Like Barbie, Ken is also from what fictional U.S. town? Two one five two six three WMMR. Need the I, I need the city and state. Two one five two six three WMMR. Was Barbie from a fictional town? Yeah, Let I thought see. it was a real town. No, no, is this correct. Uh, no, <laughs> no, and I can't say that. <laughs> okay, it, no, it, let's put it this way: it rhymes with Huntsville. <laughs> But it's not, and it starts with a C. I just thought. Uh, so let's see if you know the answer to that. And I will go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your answer. Uh, today is Tuesday, March 16th. Uh, it's Wolfgang Van Halen's birthday. I've got some information coming up about him in this entertainment report in just a moment. Uh, so Eddie's Eddie and um, Valerie Bertinelli's son, 30 years old. It seems wow. I remember when he was born. I remember yeah. when she was pregnant with him. And yeah. I can also say this. I'm intrigued by the musician that he is right now. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, I don't know really how good. much he did on the songwriting for that for that single that he released, the tribute to his dad. But if that was all him, uh, very impressive. Yeah. He was. Uh, he posted a photo of his, his girlfriend yesterday. He was just thanking her for, I don't know, yeah. something or other. I saw. Holy moly. Smoking hot. Yes. Yes. Smoking hot. Yes. And listen, yes. not taking you away from <laughs> no. him. No. But he's a pudgy guy. No. Exactly. And he's kind of average looking. And, but of course. But it's, right, the, so. it's what's inside. That's right. Yeah. The he's, money. He's, yeah. the, he's filled with money. Yeah. Uh, it's Chuck Woolery's birthday today. Wow. And a big birthday today for Chuck. Chuck is 80 years old. Wow. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, Love Connection. A show I actually liked that he hosted for a while. It was called Lingo. I don't know. I if love Lingo. Know. Yeah. That was a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good game. Was, was Chuck Woolery the yes. one? Yes. He he was naysaying COVID, right? Is that what you're no, talking no, about? No, oh, okay. I, no, okay. And then he got it. No, years ago, remember I did like a, a dating game at, at a Sixers game. Was it him? Yes. He was and bombed. He was bummed. He was bummed. Yeah. Bummed. Yeah. He, 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 uh, he obviously he, had been drinking. He had a and, problem with the hooch for a while, yeah. but he's good now. And he was, but I mean, he was yeah. like hitting he's on good now? He, he, That's the word. <laughs> he was fun though. I mean, you know, he he obviously had been drinking, but he was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's 80 today. Wow. Uh, Nancy William, uh, Nancy Wilson, I'm sorry, a great guitarist and uh, singer as well from the band Heart. They're doing I, a biopic of them, aren't they? I, of Heart? I, I think I heard that, yes. And she's also got a solo record coming out soon, I believe she's worked on. Oh, yeah. Ex, she, ex-wife of uh, Cameron Crowe, by the way. She covers Pearl Jam on that uh, okay. solo record, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's 67. She's really tied into, they came out of uh, like Vancouver, uh, Vancouver and, and Seattle uh, yeah. was their scene. So they're really tied in with... That whole Seattle group. Yeah. I know that her and Jerry Cantrell are really tight, so uh, she's still heavily involved in the in the that music scene up that way. And they have massive cred with all yep. sorts of rockers. She's sixty seven. Sarah Castrada's birthday today. Oh my god! Yeah, Ponch, <laughs> Frank Poncharello. Probably one of the first funniest memes to circulate was yep. the Poncharello pointing at you. Bev. And and did that was that accompanied with audio when it would come up on your screen? Uh, no. Okay. I, uh. He's 72. Uh, actor Victor Garber. He's one of those guys you go, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's great. Uh, in the movie Argo, he played the um, uh, the Canadian uh, um, embassy, uh, or the, the guy, 
ambassador. ambassador. Thank yep. you. Yes, he played uh, it, legally yeah. blind. He was the head of the um, uh, the, the the law firm. He's so, also he's a love interest in the movie Singles. Uh, he is. Is a, he? Yeah. He's wow. The, uh, he is also um, the ship designer in Titanic. Yes, correct. He's 72 today. Uh, Brooke Burns, we spoke to her not that long ago. She was promoting a Hallmark movie. Yes, and I watched it, of course. But um, she's also hosting Masterminds, which I watch oh, every yeah, day that's well. right. Yeah. yeah. With Ken Burns. Uh, so she is 43 today. Uh, Rodney Pete ah. has his birthday today. Um, he's 55. I thought he was older than that. There was uh, actually a lot older. Yeah, it's it's weird. Mm. Uh, there was a, there was a uh, like this weird grace period where I was like the same age as most NFL players, and then he got older <laughs> than you. Yeah, and did. so uh, so I can't like so he. I think Donovan McNabb and I are pretty close in age, but Rodney Pete, he's got a couple well, of years. Like walking my shoes where you're talking to say, hey, that guy, and then you realize, how old is he? Yeah. Oh, my God. And we'll stay in the world of local sports. Joel Embiid celebrates his birthday today. Is 27, and he shares a birthday with our buddy Riley Cote, oh. formerly of the Flyers, 39 <laughs> I wonder today. if they pal around. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. No, I guess not. Joel doesn't even drink. I know. No kidding. No, yeah, he's a um he's a Shirley Temple guy. Okay. He might drink now, but like, you know, at least a couple of years ago he he wasn't a drinker. At I love all. Shirley Temples. <laughs> yeah. I, I love them even now. I lord one occasionally. Um, do you know what the if you're uh, uh male uh, Roy Rogers? The Roy Rogers yes. is how you're supposed to order that. Wait, yes. well, oh, hold no on, kidding. hold on. Say that if, it's the if same you're thing. a male? Yes. It would be the thing It that doesn't the, sound as it. as uh, girly. The, oh. the, the, the waiter would come over and say, "Would you like a Roy Rogers, right? Instead yeah. of Shirley Temple. I'm like, no, I want a Shirley Temple. Yeah, no, I want a Scotch and. <laughs> I associate that with my childhood. Like that was a oh, no special doubt. drink. To oh get. yeah, most definitely. Our yeah. kids all drink Shirley Temples and and will drink them still from time to time. They're good. I mean, yeah. it's a cherry. Sprite is essentially what it yeah. is. Do you ever make them at home, though? No one ever yeah. makes them. You do? Sure, yeah. I, the, 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 I like this drink, and it never occurred to me to make them at home. So the way you can do it is literally you buy uh, a thing of maraschino cherries, right. and you just pour that syrup out is into that is, Sprite. That's all it is? Done. That's it. That's yeah. it. I thought it was, Some places <laughs> use grenadine. Grenadine, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but essentially, it's you'll see them at the bar, take the cherries, and, yeah. just, and just pour the juice out I had no it. idea that's that it. that's all it was. We go to a restaurant down the seashore, and they I th- oh, it might be called like a shark bite. Or something like that. Shark-bye. Shark-bye. Uh, uh, hello, thank you for coming. Hello. Shall we start the kids off with a shark? <laughs> Are you okay? No, I have a condition. Uh, put a pencil in my mouth, please. <laughs> Would you like to start with some nachos? Uh, you get a toy shark with it, and there's blood inside the shark's mouth, and then you pour that. I believe that oh, would be the grenadine, the cherry. Yeah. Right. Marissa? I went through a phase where I drank Dirty Shirley's, oh. which are Shirley Temple's with vodka. No, sure. that's called a, isn't that called a uh, Judy Garland? Uh, I don't know. Uh, is it? That's fun. I wouldn't doubt it. I think it's called a Judy Garland. Okay. I know it's, it's like an Arnold Palmer with vodka in it. Yeah. Is it is a John Daly? Yeah. yeah. So you you pick the you pick your favorite right. alcoholic and then you name that drink after them. Like yeah. like Judy Garland. That's a tan mom. Wow. Yeah. Casey's right. A tan mom. <laughs> I'm right. A Patricia. Right. All right. Let's see. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. We're looking for the fictional town that Ken and Barbie. Come from 215-263-WMMR, the number, and we are going to go to Colleen, see if she knows the answer. Hey, Colleen, good morning. Good morning. All right, so where are Ken and Barbie from? Uh, they are from Willows, Wisconsin. You're correct. Ah. Fictional place. Hang on the line. Was there ever um, a story or a comic book that 
like Archie Comics that explored their life in Wisconsin? That I don't know, but there are Barbie movies. Cartoons? Okay. Yeah, loads of them. Uh, so hang on the line, uh, Colleen. We are going to set you up with a digital download of Wonder Woman 1984. New era Wonder Woman begins as Wonder Woman faces her greatest foes yet. Uh, look for it on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray DVD and digital. So let's start with the Academy Award nominations yesterday. They came down uh, late in our show. Uh, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra announced the 23 categories. Um, and they are going to be aired on ABC April 25th, 8 p.m. And we'll just go through the major yeah. ones here and, and pass them along to you. And I'll be honest. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen one single movie on these lists yet. Uh, let's just say that this particular broadcast of the Oscars is going to be fighting an uphill battle because just people people are just not that interested. So we'll start with uh, actor in a leading role, uh, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, and Stephen Ewan for Minari. Uh, for actress in a leading role, uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, uh, Andra Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday, uh, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I think Viola Davis is going to be like in Meryl Streep territory in a couple of years. I mean, she keeps getting nominated. Yeah. Uh, for supporting role, actor Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7, uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy, uh, Ra- I'm not sure how you say his last name, R-A-C-I, Racy or Racy, okay. uh, for The Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Has anybody seen The Sound of Metal? I have, yeah. So who is this guy? I guess maybe he's the dude who runs the uh, the camp for, for deaf people. Okay. Um, the, yeah. The, thumbs up, thumbs down. But I, I give it a thumbs up. It's it's tough to watch, though. Yeah. I mean, for, for especially for somebody who I have hearing issues in my right, left right. ear. Uh, yeah, he's the guy who runs the the, the deaf camp. But um, the you know the, you sort of hit the ground running. And, you know, you're in a concert in the very beginning of the of the movie, and the next thing you know, dude like loses his hearing like that. And it's really really tough to watch. It's not a true story, right? I don't know about that. Um, but uh, but for somebody who relies on my hearing yeah, on yeah. a daily basis to to pay my mortgage. You know, it's it's a scary movie, and it, it hit really close to home. But, uh, Press, I think you would enjoy it as well because he's a drummer by trade. Yeah, and, and I have hearing issues, too, so mm-hmm. I might uh, really uh, identify with That'll it. That'll be a picky-up kind of film. Yeah, he, right? this, Riz, Riz Ahmed kind of, you know, he hit the ground running as well, and uh, I love him as an actor. I think he's great. What else has he been in? Well, he was in uh, the Star Wars, the Rogue, Rogue One. One. Uh, and then he was in this HBO limited series. Can't remember the name of it, but you're he is. You don't know if he murdered this woman or not. And okay. and uh, I mean, it all signs point to yes, maybe he 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 did do this. But uh, you know, he had taken drugs. And I, I have a question here. I'm looking yeah. at the uh, actors uh, nominees, and I only see four names as opposed to five in the other categories. Interesting. And I don't understand if one was left off of this list it's possible. or if there were only four for some <clears throat> reason or somebody had... Uh, for best actor? Yeah, for best actor. Nick, take a look and see if... Um, yeah, four. Well, I wonder why four. that is. Okay. Nobody, nobody from the Croods? Uh, no, not okay. in this particular one. Actress in a supporting role, uh, the nominations are Maria Balaclava for Borat's subsequent movie film. Glenn Close for Hillbilly. Is it Elegy or Elegy? Elegy. Elegy, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, she also was nominated for the Razzie for the same role. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, uh, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yu Jong-yoon for Minari. 
Now, as far as the best picture goes, uh, it's for the films you've already heard mentioned. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, let's see. What else? What are the categories you guys might like? Uh, animated um, short. No, how about animated feature film? Onward, Over the Moon, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Uh, that must mm-hmm. be one of the stop motion movies. Uh, then you have Soul and Wolfwalkers. No crudes? Uh, no crudes. In but a year where they led the box office. The only ones that I saw were Onward and Soul, and i got to believe Soul is the one that will take that, just because it's as touching as it is. It is. It's beautiful. You know? uh, so those are the big categories. Documentary feature. Let's see. Anybody catch any docs? I did, I did, yeah. A ton of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, collective. Nope. Crip Camp. Oh, my God, yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, my, yes, yeah. What's it about? Um, um, people in wheelchairs and okay. um, what they went through uh, earlier in this uh, or in the last century. No kidding. Uh, it's hard. Wow. But okay. it's really well done. Uh, the Mole Agent, uh, the octopus, or My Octopus Teacher. Love that one. I think yeah. I remember that, hearing about that. That, that yeah. was the, yeah, we, we, in fact, I, I finally watched it on your recommendation. I made fun of it yeah. and then regretted making fun of it because I thought, I said, you know, they can make a documentary about anything. Well, it turns out this is one of my favorites of the last is year. This, isn't it there on the octopus? <laughs> yeah. Is it about? You said you dick. Uh, is it about octopi? It's about this yep. one octopus this guy has a relationship with. He's a writer. He's a, a biologist. He he spends um, a year diving into this area. Uh, South Africa or Australia? One of the two, Steve. I, can't I thought remember. it was Australia. But, but it could, or like off Durban, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. but whatever it was, it's amazing. But you're right, Nick. It's pretty much this one relationship between this octopus <laughs> and this uh, this guy. But you're, you marvel at what they are. It's a love affair between yeah. a man and an octopus that's genuine. And, and then really... finally when they consummate. No, they don't you've consummate. You've never had a reach around until you've had one from, <laughs> from <laughs> an octopus. It's unbelievably touching how much you care about this octopus. It's okay. Like, All right. Like, so. All right. I get Is it. that you? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Just you know, just relax. All right. So hang on a second. You know it's the same octopus? Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean, they, they, he has high. He has one of those stickers. Hi, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think uh, do octopus have like a like a den of sorts, like a place that yes. they yeah right. And then a gentleman's club. Right. No, no, stop it. The cigar lounge. <laughs> yeah. Because they can smoke eight, eight of those cigars time. That's why. <laughs> Portnoy, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> no, you can, it's on Netflix. You can watch it now. And at okay. one point, like he, he loses where the octopus is, and you get worried. It's about hard, it. It's so hard You do get caught in it, but things that they they honestly, he's right. Their relationship is something beautiful to behold, and they're amazing animals. They are amazing animals. All right, and then the last uh, li- movie on that uh, list is Time, uh, so documentary feature. So those are essentially the uh, the rundown of the, the big uh, categories. And like I said, April twenty fifth on ABC, the Academy Awards. Speaking of the awards shows, Naya Rivera's fans are upset that she was left out of the twenty twenty one Grammys in memoriam segment. Uh, the Glee star died at the age of uh, 33 in July after an accidental drowning. In 2010, she was nominated as a member of the Glee cast for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. They did a cover of Don't Stop Believing," which is what right. Glee did. They yes, did covers of songs. That's a big thing. So fans shared their displeasure on Twitter. So... You know, you, listen, it's the Grammys. I, I watched the Grammys, yeah. and I told you, Preston, there was an ex- case you watched. There was an extended in memoriam section. There was. Because so many people had passed COVID. It hit a lot of the older people and the, right. uh, you know, her uh, Academy members. So they went through a lot. 
The presentation was good. I, sometimes you're going to overlook something like that. Right. Um, and I think they had a good response. They said, we don't care. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of in memoriam, uh, rock fans that watched uh, the Grammys were surprised at the brevity in which Eddie Van Halen was honored uh, during that section. A 15-second clip of Eddie performing a signature in- instrumental eruption played while the spotlight shone on his legendary Frankenstrack guitar, and that was it. Uh, one-time Van Halen frontman Gary Sharon tweeted, maybe an artist that reimagined how one plays an instrument who continues to influence generations of musicians and literally change the course of rock and roll deserves more than 15 seconds at the Grammys. I, I, can, it, I can see that. I can, and it doesn't surprise me, though. Rock has not been a part of the Grammys for... Forever, no. Uh, it's just they've they've never embraced I mean, it, and and yeah. it's just it's too bad. And, and I, I guess I understand it. I don't know, but but they don't they really don't care about rock music. They never really. I mean, have. they did a whole song for John Prine, and that's fine. But like John Prine's not a household name. John you know, Prine is a legendary songwriter. But to tell me that Eddie Van Halen doesn't have the same legend, yeah. if not more. So Wolfgang uh, posted a statement that said the Grammys asked me me to play Eruption for the in memoriam section, and I declined. I don't think that anyone could have lived up to what my father did for music, but himself. Please stop asking me about my hot girlfriend. Uh, so it was my understanding that there would be an in memoriam section where bits of songs were performed for legendary artists that had passed. I didn't realize that they would only show pop for 15 seconds in the middle of four full performances for others we had lost. What hurt the most was that he wasn't even mentioned when they talked about artists we lost in the beginning of the show. I know rock isn't the most popular genre right now, and the Academy does seem a bit out of touch, but I don't think it's impossible to ignore the legacy my father left on the instrument, the world of rock and music in general. There will never be another innovator like him. Uh, I'm not going... um, I'm not looking to start some kind of hate parade here. I just wanted to explain my side. I know Pop would have probably just laughed it off anyway and say, eh, who gives an ass? Uh, he was only about the music anyway. The rest didn't matter. I'd love to get the opportunity to speak with the Recording Academy, not only about the legacy of my father, but the legacy of the rock genre moving forward. Thank you. Well, I, I also think I think the numbers are out. I think it's the lowest Grammy Awards telecast, right? Yeah, so the ratings, yes, were, were a record low with 8.8 million who tuned in uh, down 53% from the 2020 Grammys in January of last year. Uh, just weeks before the pandemic hit. Additionally, the 8.8 million included not just those who watched on CBS, those who live streamed on CBS.com, the CBS app, and Paramount Plus. Uh, but it's not just Grammys that affected. While rec- getting record low ratings, the numbers still top the ratings for the most recent Emmy Awards last September uh, and Golden Globes, the Golden Globes Awards in February. Uh, major sporting events have also been getting low ratings, of course, uh, since the uh, shutdowns last year. Well, the year. thing is, they, they do actually offer entertainment, right? So that's the good thing about the Grammys, is that you're actually going to get performances. Yeah. Steve, did you happen to catch the uh, the WAP performance, the uh, WAP performance? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. It, so, uh, it was very suggestive. Very, But also, you, you can't air most of the lyrics, so it was just like a lot of... You know, bleeped out or muted yeah. sound yeah. while two is girls sleep on the bed. Is it WAP? Or is it? I think it's WAP. Yeah, because the other is a sort of an Except Italian pejorative. Yeah. Yeah. I mispronounced it. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. But wet ass, call the whole thing off. Wet ass Peters. Uh, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what's the point of even doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. It was, it, was, it was actually amusing to watch. 
Uh, Steve, this is a follow-up to something you uh, mentioned yesterday uh, about uh, Marvin Hagler's death. Yes. Uh, thanks to misinformation spread by anti-vaxxers and a former rival, the grieving widow of uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler, felt the need to clarify that her husband's unexpected death was not caused by a COVID-19 vaccination. Okay, there you go. Uh, Kay Hagler uh, said uh, the boxer's wife of more than 20 years released a statement uh, through the same Facebook fan group in which she announced her husband's death. Uh, after thanking fans for their love and supportive messages, she denied speculation that the death was caused by COVID-19 vaccine complications, calling such comments stupid and nonsense. Uh, Hagler went on to announce that uh, there will be no funeral because Marvin hated funerals, uh, but she is planning something special in accordance uh, with his wishes. Uh, much... yeah, that, that information had gone down. A number of sources were reporting it. It seemed flimsy at the time. And I think we we treated it as such. Uh, much of the speculation was spurred by an Instagram post by Thomas Hearns, actually, in which he had claimed Hagler had been in the ICU fighting after effects of the vaccine. Hearns later denounced anti-vaccine messages springing from his post in a different post, which has since been deleted. And Steve, you mentioned this off air, and I grabbed the story real quick. Uh, Yafet Kodo, uh, the actor known for his role in Alien, and as James Bond villain Mr. Big in Live and Let Die, passed away. He was 81 oh. years old today. I love Yafet Kodo for, yeah. for years and years and years. He's been, I mean, he started out with Pam Greer and some some great movies. I mean, in, in those, um, the what they used to call black exploitation movies of the 70s. And uh, right through to Aliens and, and, and countless roles. And in Live and Let Die, he played a couple of roles because he was playing uh, Kananga and he had prosthetics on. And uh, he just he just was, was a big Oh, you know, huge sort of stage actor. Dude, um, Midnight Run, man. I, I love Midnight, Midnight Run. Run. Great it was great. Movie. Yeah. So great in that movie. I mean, you know, it's Groden and De Niro's movie, but he is just fantastic in it. Alonzo Mosley. Yeah. For some reason, I'll never forget the name of that character. Him and that Dennis Farina in that movie are oh, so good. And, I agree. Uh, and, and then, uh, did any of you guys ever watch Homicide? I uh, did. The, the TV show? He, I did. He was on that as well. He's a great actor. Yeah, in fact, for that, Nick, uh, he was nominated for the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Drama Series in uh, 1996 and every year after that until 1999. If you want to see him, I think, at a great moment of acting, which is just a throwaway precedent, it comes in the movie Alien. When they're they're hunting, the alien has blown out of the uh, the stomach of the doctor, one of the doctors, and uh, they're they're looking for it. And uh, Harry Dean Stanton and he are going through the ship, and uh, the cat jumps out, and uh, it's Ripley's cat, and they get scared, and just the reaction that yeah, Fedkoto, he just starts cracking up. It's so sincere and genuine, but yeah. it's just one of those moments you remember. I guess he lived in the Philippines, uh, and that's where he passed away. It's unclear uh, what caused his death. He was born in New York City in 1939. By 16, he was at the uh, Actors Mobile Theater Studio, made his stage debut in Othello when he was 19. Uh, his big role came, his big film role came in 1972 as Lieutenant Pope in Across 110th Street. And a year later, he became the first black Bond villain. Um, and, Across 110 Street's a great movie. Uh, and then, of course, you had mentioned uh, Alien. He's in that. And then he got into a Homicide Life on the Street. So he had a nice, long career. He's uh, survived by his wife and six children. So sad news there. By the way, uh, how many of you believe that by the end of the show we'll be in a sinkhole? I mean, yeah. honest to God. And I was thinking earlier, like, is this okay? And I didn't say anything because I know just, you guys are going to make fun of me. But I'm like, well, like, is the building supposed to be shaking this much? Yeah, yeah, it's it's vibrating. That's that's what the comments are all about. Our our, our floor is shaking. I'm looking at the monitor right in yeah. front of me. It's, it's moving up and down. What are they doing?
building that is shaking. This building. It's a building. The We're not in building. a house. Well, they can simply be shaking this part of the building. They might be right above yeah, us yeah. or right below us. So mm, They're not below us. It's I know okay. that. There's no, a really nice bathroom right below us. They're on the roof. They're on the roof. They're, okay. They're, they've yeah. been on the roof um, outside, which I actually feel bad for them because it's been cold the last couple of mornings, and they're all the way up there. I, what if they're installing anti-darkening windows? Well, yes. they're doing like a rooftop. Deck or bar? something, or maybe uh, maybe, there's, maybe, there, maybe there's a presentation of Riverdance going up. As on. soon as you said rooftop, the first thing I filled into my mind was bar. bar. <laughs> this is the first thing that popped in there immediately. I don't even drink, and I love rooftop bars. Yeah. All right, I got a couple more things. Just keep in mind, our our building is shaking while we're yeah. while we're doing the show. This don't morning. pay any attention to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pippa Middleton has welcomed her second child was James Matthews. Uh, Kate Middleton's little sister brought Grace Elizabeth Jane into the world at 4.22 a.m. Monday morning, weighing six pounds, seven ounces. Uh, Grace joins Arthur, who is two. Uh, Grace... (laughs) (laughs) Pippa Middleton has... We all sometimes decide to do What's that? She had a baby. <laughs> so, she had a baby. All right. Uh, and the baby is a girl. Uh, Grace. <laughs> Grace shares the middle name of her Aunt Kate, who was born Catherine Elizabeth Middleton, by the way. I think Pippa Middleton is a perfect example, Preston, of why you never want to be the main person. Just be the secondary. You totally. never want to be president. Yeah. Be vice president. Absolutely. Because She's privy to all of the stuff. You get the perks. The perks without mm-hmm. all of the other crap. Exactly. Yep. It's a good place to be. Uh, Wilmer Valderrama and his fiance Amanda Pacheco, welcomed their first child on February 15th, and he has opened up about their daughter's name. The daughter's name is Nakano Oceana Valderrama. Uh, the 41-year-old said, the name is exciting to figure out because, you know, everyone is going to have an opinion when we said the name, it created an unbelievable debate in our family. Some people thought yeah, it I don't was, believe it happened. They thought it was off the wall, and others thought it was just serendipitous and so beautiful. Is it based on anything? Or yes, it, just... it is. Her, uh, the name was inspired by a trip that he and Pacheco took to Japan, during which they first realized that they were in love. Oh. So, so I mean, how many kids are named uh, Disney World? Nakano Oceana <laughs> Valderrama. Is what they went with. That's beautiful. Uh, ABC's The Wonder Years has cast the lead for the rebooted show. Uh, it's a young man named uh, Alicia. Uh, I'm not sure if, if it's Elisha or Elijah. Elijah. EJ Williams. Uh, he goes by EJ. Uh, and we'll start in the show that focuses on the same time period of the 1960s as the original 1988 show. Uh, but this time it will focus on a black family in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, the original star, Fred Savage, is directing the first episode, which should be pretty cool. I think he's also executive producer. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. He's directed us, you know. Oh, he sure has. Oh, he's yeah. the only director real work with. That's right. Unless anyone else wants to work with. Right. But nobody has. <laughs> no. So he is now the only director real work with. Uh, the Batman officially wrapped production. <laughs> uh, director Matt Reeves made the announcement via social media on Saturday morning. In his post, the writer-director included a production slate in a box with other items that are sure to be uh, dissected by ravenous fans. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, who plays Commissioner James Gordon, teased a sequel in his farewell message. He wrote, Gordon out for now. One year exactly after the shutdown, some ride. 
Love Jeffrey Wright. He's great. He's um, going to be a great look, commissioner. Gordon. Looking forward to seeing yeah. his turn in this. And and everything that I've seen, it's been limited. There's been a few things, leaks, stills, and a couple extra seconds of footage that have leaked out. Matt Reeves is a sensational director. Rob Pattinson, I think, is perfect for the role. And I think that uh, the music's going to be stellar because you know who's doing it. It's Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino yeah. mm-hmm. Might be time to talk to him sometime yeah. in the future because of that. Uh, the Batman was delayed twice from an original June 2021 release due to the pandemic in early September last year. It was shut down uh, in London with uh, Warner Brothers, uh, stating that a member of the production had contracted coronavirus. And sources told The Hollywood Reporter that star Robert Pattinson had been diagnosed with COVID-19, though the studio declined to comment on the specific individual who had tested positive. I want to see more shots of that Batmobile, though. It looks so badass. Uh, production removed uh, had resumed later in the month. Uh, the Batman stars Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, also known as Catwoman, Paul Dano as the Riddler, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin, and John Turturro as crime boss Carmine Falcone, Andy Serkis as Alfred, and Peter Sarsgaard as Gotham City District Attorney Gil Coulson. That I like it all this. Hell of a lineup. That's a hell yeah. of a lineup. Yeah. And it, the thing is, you remember, it's a retro movie. It takes place in the 90s. Yes. In the 90s. Yes. Way back Way when. back then. Casey, this is for you. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman is back. The The beloved character and his creator, Paul Rubens, will be the subject of a new HBO documentary, which will be told in two parts. The documentary, described as a kaleidoscope portrait told in two parts by HBO, traces the life of the imaginative artist behind one of pop culture's most celebrated and unlikely icons, Pee Wee Herman. You know, Pee Wee Herman has a connection to the Batman universe case. He was on Gotham for a while. He was he great. Was? Yes, he was. Oh. Uh, the actor last appeared as Pee Wee in Netflix's 2016 movie Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Spaceship Earth's Matt Wolf is set to direct the documentary for HBO. Uh, Josh and Benny Safdie, the brother duo behind movies like uh, Good Time and Uncut Gems, will produce alongside their producing partner, Sebastian Bear McClard, who recently welcomed his first child with his wife, model Emily Ratajkowski. Oh, there you go. Uh, Yes. Uh, Rubens first loosely linked to the uh, Safdie brothers in January 2020 for his screenplay uh, that sees the character grapple with a pill and alcohol addiction that makes him a monster. Uh, Rubens had spoke to the Hollywood Reporter at the time, teasing the project, saying, I referred to it as the Valley of the Dolls Pee-wee movie. (laughs) Rubens had told THR at the time it's about fame. Uh, But according to the Hollywood Reporter, Rubens had been unable to find a buyer for the script. No one wanted to do Pee-wee as a monster? No, but had uh, been in contact with the duo. The outlet reported that the brothers were considering the project, but... Uh, they want to do a documentary instead. I love the movie that he did, uh, the, the most recent one that was on Netflix, in case I know you saw it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, it really captured the spirit of the older uh, Pee Wee Herman movies. It's just, yeah. It just uh, he's a it's, lot older looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's never going to be as good as Pee Wee's yeah, Big yeah. Adventure. Yeah. All right, so we're ready for clips. Come True reminds viewers that the subconscious mind can be breeding ground for some pretty horrifying things while you're asleep. And here, director Anthony Scott Burns talks about what inspired him to make this film. I had had sleep paralysis as a kid, didn't really realize what it was until people started talking about it and saying, you should watch this documentary called The Nightmare. It just clicked that we're all seeing the same thing and I could merge all these ideas together into something fun, horrific, and science fiction-based. Come True is available for... 
Streaming on Amazon Prime right now, by the way. Here's the next one. Young Rock offers a comedic look back on The Rock's younger years through his own eyes. And in this clip, Dwayne Johnson explains the life stories that led to the creation of the show. This was back when I was wrestling, and I would wrestle in a different town every night. And every time we would land, every major city across the country, I would say, yeah, you know, see that gas station over there? Well, you know, that's where I bought my first car from a crackhead. You know, and then in the next town we would go to, like, yeah, you see that Motel 6? Well, here's what happened there. Mama. Uh, new episode of Young Rock uh, airs tonight. That's at 8 o'clock on NBC. It's a good show. I think what they could do is extract the thing that wraps around it where the Rock is, is the future and the Rock is running for president and he's being interviewed about his past. And like he's like, you don't even need that. You could just have the Rock narrate. And, and you know, and, and since most of the show, the show that part of the show that's really the compelling part is his childhood. Huh. I haven't seen it. So Fix I, don't, it. I don't know that yeah. uh, that <laughs> format. All right, and there you go. That's the entertainment report for the day. We have a lot of people on the program. Uh, we are going to talk to Mark Summers and Ian Shive. They are producers of a show that is called The Last Unknown, The Aleutian Islands, which is on Discovery+. Plus. We'll talk to both those guys about that. Our good friend Tom Papa on the program. Looking forward to that. He's got an interactive show coming up. And actor Stephen Weber will be joining us. And don't forget, as well, a Tattoosday. This time around, a chance for you to win a tattoo. From a new shop, our friend Bob Dodge has a shop, shop called Runic Tattoo, and it's in Newtown Square. So text the word SECRET to 39333, and we'll see if you can end up winning. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. WMMR. Polluting more than just the airwaves. Hear us at WMMR.com. On our mobile app, smart speakers, and radio.com. Real quick, before we dive into anything, a couple of shout-outs I want to do. And also, thank you. I got this uh, young woman named Nicole Henry uh, sent us a whole box of these uh, paper flowers that she makes. Oh, and so I actually saw a story not that long ago that, that paper flowers, for some reason, have, have like taken off. Well, because it's, a, it's a, a hobby you can do at home. It's yeah, like a jigsaw yeah. puzzle. And so she made these like flowers. Origami. She made these flowers out of, uh, uh, they say WMMR, the, the the paper, and she folded them up, and, and they've got mu- musical notes and things like that on them. And, uh, Those really are cool. really nice. She sends a whole box of them. So uh, she is uh, she has, a I guess, a, a group called Pedal, or I mean, a, I don't know if she does this for a living. But Pedals of pe- the Metal? Pedals by Nikki. Oh, okay. Is what it's oh. called. Pedals by Nikki. And uh, so she said, yeah, I've been making uh, paper flowers as a hobby for a few years. I do craft shows, custom orders, and have inventory on display in local gift shops. Uh, so she said, to brighten your day, I made some custom WMMR and presidency flowers for you. Uh, so that's really cool. So she sent them over. And she says, P.S. Uh, Nick Gostoga, class of, ni- class of 88 here. Oh, nice. And then Casey, my mom grew up on uh, Sylvan Avenue in Rutledge. Oh, no kidding. And I had my wedding reception at the Fire Hall. Anna's hoagies are the best Italian hoagies in the world. I hope they survive the pandemic. Well, so we're doing a shard for her? Yes. Yeah. Sure. All right, and then I have this one. Uh, this is an email I got from Nicole uh, Gaeta in Horsham uh, talking about her daughter. She says, Caprice turns 13 on Tuesday, March 16th. It's a big number. COVID hit the weekend before her birthday. She never got to celebrate in school no. or with friends. Uh, she hasn't stepped foot in her school for a full year now. My heart breaks for her because uh, here we are 12 months later, and it's no better for her Uh uh, to have a great 13th birthday. So Tuesday, she's playing she's playing hooky with me, and we're going to make the best out of her day. My daughter means the world to me and is the best person I know. She's kind, sweet, respectful, and deserves something for such a momentous occasion. So 
to hear. If I hear her name mentioned on the radio, I know she would love uh, or she would be so excited and it would uh, make her day. Uh, so a shout out for Caprice, who turns 13. Happy birthday to you, Caprice. I'll do one more quick one. I think I missed this one by a day. Uh, it says, uh, hey, I'm up writing for a shout out for my beautiful wife, Kate. Uh, teacher at Copewood Elementary School in Camden is a teacher to second graders. Uh, this is only her second year of being a teacher. Uh, so you could imagine that her experience is a bit different than a lot of new teachers. Despite everything going on, she still logs on to her Zoom classes every day with a huge smile on her face, tries to uh, give or tries her best to give the kids some sort of normalcy. She goes above and beyond, uh, even hanging out during lunch and so on. She cont- he continues on for a little while. Can't think of anything that she needs more than a nice juicy shout-out despite not wanting recognition. She deserves it. Her birthday is on the 15th, but she podcasts, so if you could get this anytime around then, I would greatly appreciate it. And that's from Tom Monahan. So his wife, Kate, a shout-out. And uh, happy birthday to you and everybody celebrating birthdays today. Awesome. Uh, this is a pretty wild story. I'd completely forgotten about this, but uh, a guy named Ronald DeFeo. Yes. Uh, the Amityville. Oh, oh, by the way, hold on. The shard outs. Yes. Forgot this. <laughs> Brought to you by U.S. Digestive Health. Yay! Colonoscopy, it beats cancer. Schedule your screening with Pennsylvania's most experienced GI networks at usdigestivehealth.com. May I just say quickly, by the way, honestly, and I said before, uh, they're really cool. Locations all over the place. Schedule your colonoscopy. Get it over. You'll be happy you did. Hmm. All right. You, All right. You said Ronnie DeFeo. Ronald DeFeo. A name I'm very familiar with. The Amityville horror murderer who killed his six family members in 1974 on New York's Long Island. He passed away in prison on Friday. He was 69 years wow. old. So this obviously, so I grew up um, just, you know, 15 minutes from Amityville uh, on Long Island. And uh, this was a huge story. Obviously, the murder got a lot of attention when it went down. But... The subsequent Amityville horror story, oh, yeah. which was, you know, uh, later exposed, obviously, as, as a concoction by the uh, the people who lived at the house and, uh, you know, the, with, the, with the blood under the steps and all that stuff. And the, well, the, I got some follow-ups yeah. on that. They, they they didn't say it was a flat-out lie. They yeah. said it was embellished, and I have some of the details. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I remember Newsday did an extensive investigation into it, and yeah. Okay, so what's the story? Uh, it, was, it was made up for money. It was it was a, a made-up story that the house wasn't possessed by demons and it wasn't causing the... Uh, oh, know, okay. Yeah, the ghost part of the story. However, he was a lunatic. Okay, so so none of that was true? They yeah, found none out? of the Amityville Horror stuff that they had with the, with the light fixtures bleeding and all that stuff. It was a money grab. Okay, because in 2006, the guy, George Lutz, uh, had gone on to say that uh, some of the reports, like the green slime, were embellished while insisting the book and movie were based on events that truly happened during the family's 28 days. Okay. So it's very possible. That was in 2006, yeah. so yeah. I, I remember hearing that it was fake, and I was surprised to read that this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's and there have been documentaries where they exposed what they were doing. Now you t- you know no one knows for sure. What we do know is that the original story with the murders with Ron DeFeo freaking out. Yeah, that's horrible enough. He killed his whole family. Yes, uh, so wandered around the house with a shotgun. He was uh, he was serving a sentence at Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg. His murder spree inspired, of course, the book and the movie franchise. Uh, the medical examiner's office is expected to perform an autopsy to determine an official cause of death. 
He was 23 at the time of his crimes. He used a 35 caliber Marlin lever action rifle. Oh, it was a rifle. Okay. To slaughter the family who were found lying face down in their beds. Isn't that horrible? November 13th, 1974. Yeah. Uh, the father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., was only 43. Uh, the mother was 43 as well, Louise. They were both shot twice. The siblings, Dawn, uh, who was 18, Allison, 13, Mark, 12, and John, 9, were all shot uh, each once. He was the oldest of the wow. siblings. Yeah, he killed everybody, Jeez. man. So just, the, just just executed them. There have been a ton of stories from all different angles on this. And he and this story that has gotten out is that he felt he was being commanded to do this by, by forces. Uh, you know, he felt a demonic presence. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's what spurred it. The funny thing is, Preston, the Amityville Horror House itself when you see it depicted in the movies, it looks like it's, you know, two acres dividing the houses. It's right next to the houses around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right next to the houses around it. Yeah, which is interesting because nobody heard the shots Yeah, anything along those lines, which is weird. Uh, DeFeo's attorney mounted an insanity defense, like Steve was saying, saying that he heard voices. Uh, he was convicted in 1975 of six counts of second-degree murder and received six sentences of 25 years to life. Huh. Uh, a year after the killing. So here's the story about uh, the, the book and the, the, and the movie horror. and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, George and Kathy Lutz purchased the house, uh, but they left 28 days later after reporting paranormal activity. Uh, they say that there were strange sounds, voices, and green slime oozing from the walls. That's a Nickelodeon thing. <laughs> um, the events reported by the couple after they moved in served as the inspiration for the book, which came out in 77, and then the movie in 1979, with James Brolin and Margot Kidder and Rod Steiger. Uh, George Lutz had told ABC News in 2006 that some of the reported events, such as the green slime, were embellished while insisting the book and movie were based on events that truly happened during the family's 28-day stay. Uh, the day before moving, they had asked a priest to bless the home. Father Ray uh, Pecoraro uh, said that he felt an unseen hand slap him and heard a voice say, Get out. And then Picaro uh, became ill with flu-like symptoms, and his hands began to bleed. Uh, the family still moved in, uh, but within days, they noticed strange occurrences, including outdoors in the house, uh, that came and went as well. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If that stuff started before you moved in, if your priest is getting bitch-slapped and all this stuff is going on, you still going to move in? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it depends. Have we already signed the papers? Yeah. Has everything been paid? Yeah. Is it a colossal nightmare to uh, <laughs> right. to get it all taken care it's of? Like it's a classic Eddie Murphy bit. Yeah. Get out. Too okay. bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> okay. But I remember when when that movie trailer came out and you heard that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It scared the living bejesus out of me. I was a kid. I and loved it, it all. Terrified me. I loved every bit of it. I loved that the fact that even the legend, the legend now exists. Whether there's any, a scintilla of merit to it or not, it doesn't matter. There might as well be because everyone, they, to this day, mm-hmm. even though I think the president, they changed the windows at the, on the side of the house, the classic, iconic Amityville Horror windows. Made it look like a face. Y- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So so they, I think they, they got rid of those. People still know where the house is and they yeah. still drive by and mm-hmm. take pictures. See, I grew up in a neighborhood that <laughs> all the houses look like they could be haunted houses. Right. And at night... Because it was, they were all built in the 1800s, and right. not one house, you know, they, it wasn't cookie cutter. Every single house looked different. And they all had the like the porch and the and the. And, and there was the, only one house that the theme from the uh, <laughs> what was what, what, what used to pleasure to was it Sanford and Sanford and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. 
It, I didn't do it to Sanford and Son. I just you keep misrepresenting. Oh, to cover over that. Yes, okay. there was something yes. going on. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. Uh, do you remember what you were saying? It was about the ghost houses that they all look old and they all look potentially haunted, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah. then so you have this house, and like I'm like, yeah, that's that's my entire neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and so, the, the rest of the neighborhood, their case is pretty similar to that house. Uh, so Lutz, in this 2006 interview, said there were sounds. Uh, the front door would slam shut in the middle of the night. I couldn't get warm in the house for many days. The family kept the fireplace burning constantly in a futile attempt to stay warm. There was a box on the front of the house where envelopes would appear every day. Uh, while also <laughs> finding gelatinous drops on the carpet when they woke in the morning, he said. Uh, Lutz <laughs> said that at times his wife was uh, physically trans. I get gelatinous drops all uh-huh. over the place. Uh, was physically transformed into an old woman with the face, hair, and wrinkles of a 90-year-old. Lutz claims he woke at 3.15 a.m. almost every day, which was about the time uh, that the DeFeo murders are believed to have happened. Uh, One night he heard his children's beds slamming up and down on the floor above him, but he was unable to act because he was immobilized in bed by an unseen force. Wait a second. They're saying that a vibrating floor might be signs of demonic possession. (laughs) We've been experiencing that all morning. Uh, Later, he woke to see his wife levitating and moving across the bed, he said. Would you knock it? (laughs) Uh, The next morning, they fled the home, leaving their possessions behind. Uh, Months later, a group of psychic researchers spent a night in the house to investigate Lutz's claims. Researcher Lorraine Warren remembers an overwhelming feeling of horrible depression in the house while the team said... One of its photographs showed what appeared to be a little boy peering out from one of the bedrooms. So the Warrens are the investigative couple that did uh, the two the stories, the Conjuring uh, and the and Conjuring oh, okay. too. So they're they're part of that. Okay. They referenced the Amityville uh, investigation less and less as things went on, and, and they have stories that they believe are are much more verifiable than that. But yeah, they were the ones that were there, and that's the first. Hint I got of this story. So in a 2006 jailhouse interview, DeFeo, the guy who died, committed the murders, uh, claimed that he only killed his father, his mother, and his eldest sister, Dawn. The other siblings were murdered by Dawn before DeFeo uh, killed her. That's what he said. So (laughs) nobody believes it for a second. He was sucking on his toe while he said it. So by the way, the address of the home uh, when the crimes occurred was 112 Ocean Avenue, but they changed it. Uh, to 108 Ocean Avenue to try to discourage tourists, Steve, and obviously that didn't work. Didn't matter. You could make out the house easily. I wonder, though, I, I wonder if there has been a percentage drop ever since they redid the windows because, you see, I, maybe this is a newer picture because the windows no longer look the way that they did. Yeah. Preston, it's, they, they it's were like, like half half or quarter moons. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it looks like they've changed that, Steve, and just made them regular, you know, rectangular. But Could you live in a house? Could you live in a house uh-uh. where a multiple homicide took place? No. 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 Yes. I remember when when my grandfather passed away, uh, he died in his bed. And so we went to, um, uh, it was in Kentucky, so we went there for the funeral. Yeah. And we were going to, the next day was, was the funeral, and we were going to stay in the house. And they said, well, you can sleep in Papa's room. And I go, no, no I am not. Physically, could I? Yes. N- if you no. hit me with a mallet. Yeah. 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 No way. He had died like two days before in that room. I'm no. Like, I'm not doing it. And I, to be honest, I really don't believe in all that stuff, but... Why tempt it? Why tempt it? Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm not going to be attacked by a demon, but what if I get attacked by a demon? How old were you? Uh, 17, something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, Dude, I'm I'm right with you. Yeah, I was... uh, Uh, Yeah. Two days after the death? I wouldn't do it now. Forget it. No. 
Mm. That you shouldn't even be talking about. But the Amity, <laughs> the Amityville horror—that was that was the ultimate haunted house story. You know what I mean? Well, because also it happened to it, it happened at a time when it happened. We got a long time before there was anything like that, where you had you yeah. know a story of of that sort of stuff. It was mostly at that time because I've been a, a paranormal dude all my life and invest UFOs. I was always fascinated. UFOs were the big thing, and then you had this ghost story, and it wasn't like it was out in a remote thing on top of a hill where you had to drive up a long driveway. It was right in a regular suburban area. Yeah, and the icing on the cake from that was was the the slime in the walls. <laughs> I mean, like you know, do you think Mark Summers had any- what is going on here? <laughs> there was so what happened is like when they were doing the investigation, they said you know the Lutz reported that there was this room that was underneath the steps in the basement where they believe Indian. Rituals right. would take place. And when Newsday, the paper of record on Long Island at the time, went to investigate, there was it was like a regular broom closet under, you know, it was a small oh. room that you had to hunch over. Uh, so they, 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 you know, there was all that. But listen, there's still people to this day that believe every scintilla of what the Lutz family said about what went on at the Amityville Horrors. Wasn't the second movie where they had the, the well down in the in the basement yeah, and it I, was a Native American spirit or something like, like that? that one. That's yeah. actually Lori Laughlin is, is in that third one. one? I think that's the third remember. one, 3D. Okay. Uh, so, 3D. Yeah, it was 3D. Oh I have it. God. It's horrible, but it's great. Wow. Uh, yeah, Nick, I think, can you check and see if Lori Laughlin is in the third one? You know who's also in it? Um, mm-hmm. Meg Ryan. What? I think Meg Ryan is in it as well. Wow. Okay. They also had a reboot, right? And Ryan Reynolds was in it? Yes. Okay, but the house was is totally different. Totally different. They made it look like a castle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right, well, the dude who who uh, committed all the murders, of the the uh, you know, the, the whole thing that got the ball rolling, this guy DeFeo uh, died uh, in prison. Created yes. a massive, yeah. you know, yeah. bit of pop culture. Yeah, she was in it uh, in 1983, and the name of the movie, Steve, was uh, Amityville 3D. <laughs> who who are you referring to? Uh, Lori Laughlin. Okay. Was Ma- and Meg Ryan there, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, crazy. So that dude's gone. I've completely forgotten about that story that led up to that whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know what? Uh, there was another, you know, I guess we're in the junk drawer. There oh, we are. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even realize we were in the junk drawer. Oh, yeah, and I forgot about the new music. Ghost yeah. edition. <laughs> All right, so, uh, the buyer of a digital artwork, uh, sold for $69 million, uh, was named as a crypto asset investor known as, with the pseudonym Metacoven. Okay, so I saw this. Explain to me, if you can, if you've done a deep dive on it, what the value is of of this artwork. Well, it's $69 million. It's digital. But it's stupid looking. I yeah. mean, like, I, I don't... I don't get I don't it. get this stuff. I don't know how <laughs> artwork gains such value like that. I have no idea. And this is digital, like you said, Steve. This isn't an old it's, renaissance. It's an etch-a-sketch, basically, yeah. 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 I, I don't... I don't get it. And I don't. In other words, do, do these artists hire a couple of people when they unveil it to go there and and like whisper? I'd pay fifty million. For right, that. right, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, there's so, some sort of something like that that goes on. Would they manipulate the they, uh, they, the interest? They have to. I mean, even if it's like I'd an pay industry 50 standard. Yeah, I think innovation adds to value, and um, you know, something that hasn't been done before, you know, so this is in theory, uh, you know, a, a bit of a revolution when it comes to art. And then also um, there's layers to it, you know, so it's not just 
uh, it's not just these pictures and these pixels on a digital screen. I'm not saying I would pay sixty nine <laughs> right, million dollars right. for it. Also, the story behind it, Nick, uh, serves to um, work in its favor value wise, yeah. right? Uh, like I saw, for me, if you want what I consider to be great artwork, I saw a painting, and you would believe these dogs are playing poker. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, it's I called. Mean, they're it, playing poker. It's called Every Day's the first, first 5,000 Days. And stay with me here because I don't know what this means. Right. It's the first virtual non-fungible token. Fungible, yeah. What like, the hell is fungible like or fungible? A, a Bitcoin. Okay. And Bitcoin uh, is, is like fairy dust. It's the first virtual non-fungible token artwork to be sold at a major auction house. Now I want a fungible Sunday. It closed at $69,346,250 during an online auction on Thursday. I'm not saying I like it, but get used to the term. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, this type of thing is going to stick around for a while. Oh, it's And, it, and so you should know what it is just because you're going to have to read it. Right. It, it's off and running, uh, even yeah, oh, much yeah. more so. Um, I you, saw the uh, Bitcoin Mac machine at the yeah, beer distributor. Kathy, <laughs> you can buy Teslas with Bitcoin now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, Bitcoin got up over sixty grand. For one Bitcoin yesterday, right? It's, it's it, it came back down. It's down around fifty five. There are di- like that. different companies and different um, uh, businesses are now uh, opening up their arms to the concept of trading and and accepting Bitcoin. So it, it, it's it's going to be wild. Uh, yeah, I still don't know what it means. No, I still don't I still barter it. with chickens. Uh, yeah. I, I you know we've we had somebody who, who tried to dumb it down for us and explain it. No. <clears throat> and did any of us get it? No. no. Not else? one word not of it. One, no. no. I actually started crying. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, but, Case, don't you own some Bitcoin? Yeah, I bought an IRA. I bought uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, Ripple. And so <laughs> Ripple. And Rocky Road. <laughs> and Rocky Road. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm mad yeah. dog. <laughs> uh, but, listen, we... Um, Lieutenant Dan drinks uh, Rebel. Yes, he Is does. He yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, um, we <laughs> I know that. had this IRA from the previous company that, that owned the radio station uh. that was... I didn't even know this money existed, to tell you the truth. And I was like, uh, okay. And then I had to put it into another IRA or another investment thing. So I was like, well, whatever. This is kind of found money. Let me just chuck it into crypto. Now that's kind of, yeah, listen, yeah. It's, it's something you didn't know you had. It was found money and you figured let's dabble this way. Yeah. Right. Uh, what has been your um, experience while you've had it as? Well, it's volatile, right? Yeah, so yeah. like in the very beginning, I bought it. Right? Well, so what really sucks is when I wanted to get the Bitcoin. Right. It was under a grand. And it took so long to actually gain my IRA from who, whatever custodian had it. Yeah. In that time, it went from under a grand to sixteen thousand dollars, and so like I lost all of that. Could you sell it now at a profit? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. But you know, I'm gonna hodl it, so uh, that is a, a thing. Preston, somebody misspelled hold, and uh, and uh, it's H O D L now, so that means you know you're gonna hang on to it. So and so it's, hodl it's, has now become the phrase for holding on to your Bitcoin because it misspelled. Somebody, somebody misspelled, misspelled it. it. Hilarious. Yeah. So, so you're gonna hodl it. I'm gonna yeah. hodl it, and. <laughs> Yeah, and, and listen, I can't touch it really until I basically retire, other unless I want to take a major hit on it. Right. But um, okay, I and I bought it just because I'm like, okay, this is what you know. I maybe this is a way of the future. I don't know. I'm not even going to touch this, and maybe whatever I'm investing now in 20 years will be worth something. Huh. All right. Uh, Chinese cryptocurrency creator Justin Sun had revealed on Twitter that he had outbid. He was outbid on this piece of artwork having put down the final effective bid of $60 million on it to be outbid by another buyer by at least 
He said in the last 20 seconds by $250,000. Jesus. Uh, so I guess they see this as an investment. This is a digital piece of artwork worth almost $70 million. So when you have this but digital they piece $70 million of artwork, what do you do with what, it? Uh, what are you getting exactly? Are you getting a file I don't know. that you own? Yeah. Right. Or, you know, yeah, I, Steve, I don't know. It's so weird. What God. are you getting? A good friend of mine is a realtor, um, and so it's not digital artwork. It's actual artwork, but um, she is currently selling a house where the owners have this very bizarre artwork in cases, um, and one of them is a, a plunger. Okay. It's a plunger in, a, a, like, a sealed, protected case okay. that they paid, like, thousands of dollars for. They have another one that um, was worth, like, I think she said almost a million dollars. Um, and it, this one is, it's like a, I don't even know if it's a real bag or not, but it's its a Chanel um, purse, a, a bag, but it's artwork. It's not a purse that you would carry. Not, it reminds no, me of uh, of uh, the, uh, the Why Him, where the, uh, the, the super rich tech yeah. uh, kid, James Franco has a uh, his art installment is a, a moose, a taxidermied moose in a tank full of moose piss. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, yeah. you have to see. The, I'm going to pull up the picture. I have you. You have to see this plunger. It's it, it's a plunger. Well, it's like the dude that taped the banana on the wall. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's millions of yeah. dollars worth of art right there. <laughs> but people will buy it. Oh, God. And so therefore, it's worth that. Yeah, and there it is. Uh, so this one, this one went for seventy million dollars, or God just my. under seventy million dollars. That's unbelievable. Ronnie DeFeo made more sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one other, one other story, and then we'll then we'll uh, move along because we got a lot of guests. But this this has to do with collecting as well and, and purchasing things that you think might appreciate yeah. uh, in their value. But opportunistic sellers are finding willing buyers in misinformed collectors who think that they are getting a known rarity when they're actually buying a common coin. A number of listings are appearing online selling pla- on online selling platforms touting 1975 Roosevelt dime no mint mark with starting bids well into the three figures or higher. In some cases, uh, the title even includes rare or very rare, and that's where it becomes really shady. So according to the sixth edition of the Red Book, which is a guide for coins, essentially, right. uh, there were over 500 million Roosevelt dimes that were made in 1975 without a mint mark purposely because they were all made at the mints in Philadelphia and San Francisco facilities for general circulation. The confusion that leads novice collectors into believing that they are on course to acquire a rarity comes with the lack of understanding that the coin they seek is actually the proof 1975 S Roosevelt no S dime and not some regular circulated 10 cent coin that was made to be spent. So there's some slight differences. So which ones are actually worth money? The the ones with the S on them or without the S on the, them? Without the S, okay. no S dime. The yeah. ones that were done in Philadelphia. Uh, so the mint struck 2.8 million proof 1975 S Roosevelt dimes to include the proof sets of that year, they were all supposed to have an S mint mark. Only two of those dimes have been discovered, minus the mint mark. Mm. And one of those coins sold at Stax Browers Gallery's rarity auction uh, in August of 2011. That coin sold for about $350,000. Did you ever flirt with uh, coin collecting at all? You didn't have anybody in your family that did? When, when I was a kid, we used to just keep, like... Um, Buffalo head nickels, yeah, and wheat pennies, right, and things like that, Stay, yeah. But never really went after 
you know, looking at the details and looking for very rare coins. You didn't have like the like uh, the coin collector books, right? No. With the um, yeah, no, no. Uh, I know well, I did. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, it was a, a fun hobby for me and my grandfather, my dad's right. dad. And we collected dimes, we collected quarters, and I have them still. And uh, you guys remind me, I'll bring them in because I have no idea if any of them are worth anything. Um, but it might. How be, long I, have you had them? Oh, since my, my my grandfather passed away in '83. Okay, so it was something that I did as a kid with him and. Huh. Um, I, he, he, Steve, one year for Christmas or maybe my birthday, he bought me those little books and we did it together. It was really fun, fun little hobby for the two of us. And I kept them. And so yeah. I, I think I added to them over the years, uh, even after he passed away. But I would love to bring them in and see if any of them are worth anything. I, I found a, a couple of jars worth of these types of coins in my old house. They, uh, oh, that's the, right. Yeah, and I went through all of them. You should have a coin star, right? See the Goldbergs episode where Adam, yeah. Adam takes the, uh, the, the the coins out of his dad's collection and I think goes buys a, a Nintendo game oh, or something. Oh, man. Yeah, those those separate the rare ones for you, right? Yes. They won't take them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were all worth more than a dime, but they weren't. Beware, this is worth much more. They just weren't worth this much, but they all had more value than the dime. Hey, if you can find a dime that's worth five bucks or something like that that's a massive uh you know <laughs> yeah uh uptake in the yeah. in the value so it's worth it if you can find a few of those but anyhow uh yeah. if you are looking for one of these you might want to follow the details on that and and uh keep in mind that you may not have the rare coin you think you have what's nerdier Coin or stamp collecting? Stamp. Stamp. I think. Yeah, yeah I got those. Yeah, coin collection <laughs> is kind of cool because of... Um, yeah, I got stamps as well. It's yeah. another thing that I did with my grandfather. But um, during the wars, uh, you know, the coin collection, uh, because they had to use specific metals for right. machinery and weaponry and, and ammunition mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so they kind of had to, all right, well, we're going to take the... Uh, the copper away from this, yeah, or the nickel right. away from that. And there's a stretch in between like 41 and 45 or mm-hmm. whatever it was where there was not that little copper band in the right. middle of the quarter. You put yeah, the copper in. Silver. Yeah. 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 You pull the copper out, then you do the hokey pokey. You right. shake it all about. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, a couple of stories I thought I would share with you this morning. We need to. Yes, thank you for the junk drawer. Outro, outro music. Uh, we need to take a break and come back in a moment because we got some guests joining us in a little while, and I do have some bizarre file stories that I cannot wait to share with you. So stay close because we will not be gone long. WMMR. We're not just in your car anymore. Ask Alexa to open MMR, and we'll come streaming right into your house. And we promise we're not listening to you doing stuff that often. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. Well, we'll start with this story. Yesterday, we had uh, the woman in Bucks County who was uh, trying to deepfake some Photos and videos to get at her daughter's rivals in uh, the cheerleading yes. group. Well, now you have the Florida Department of Law Enforcement arresting a mother and daughter accused of illegally accessing hundreds of student accounts to rig the vote and crown the teen the homecoming queen. Oh, Laura Rose Carroll, 50 years old, and her daughter, who is 17, are charged with offense against users of computers, unlawful use of a two-way communication device, criminal use of personally identified information, and conspiracy to commit these offenses. So mom joined in, or maybe mom was the mastermind. It's hard to say. So the alleged scheme took place at Tate High School in Pensacola, where Carol's daughter was enrolled 
Carol herself worked as an assistant principal at an elementary school in the same district at the time. <laughs> Jesus. In October, hundreds of votes for Tate High School's homecoming court were tagged as fraudulent, with 117 votes originating from the same IP address linked to Carol's phone. Carol's daughter was still crowned homecoming queen, however. Video and pictures online show. Uh, multiple students later reported that Carol's daughter described using her mother's access to Focus, which is the student information system, to cast votes for students from students' accounts. Investigators started looking at the case and found that Carol had access to the school's board portal program, the school board's portal program, and that she and her daughter accessed students' accounts. So she had the uh, the way in, the knowledge of how to do it. Yep. So what's going to go on? Obviously, she'll have to give up her title, right? Well, it was it was you know it, it already came and went. Well, but, then, but I guess so. the death sentence. But uh, no, I mean they're facing yeah. yeah criminal charges, bastards. So we'll see how this goes. I uh, love this story out of Ireland. A giant walrus the size of a dairy bull <laughs> has landed on the rocks in Valentia Island in what is believed to be the first ever sighting of the North Pole species in Ireland. This is hilarious. A local man, Alan Houlihan, and his five-year-old daughter, uh, Marianne, spotted the breaching, uh, spotted it breaching out of the water as they walked along uh, Glenlim Beach. Uh, the video shows the walrus climbing ashore. Now, uh, marine biologist Kevin Flannery believes the Arctic creature could have fallen asleep on an iceberg before being carried across the Atlantic Ocean to carry. Mr. Houlihan and Marianne were the first to spot the giant creature on, me. on their stroll. Where, where am I? <laughs> You're an island. Uh, he breached out of the water onto the rocks and gave us a bit of a show, uh, he said. He's huge. Uh, I thought it was a seal at first, and then we saw the tusks. Uh, he just kind of jumped up on the rocks, but he was massive. He was about the size of a bull or a cow. Uh, he was right beside us, less than 50 meters away, it is said. Uh, from the. Uh, and then he went off again for a while and came back up and went back onto the rocks. I've got a crap load of swimming to do. Uh, the director of Dingle Ocean World, Kevin Flannery, said it's an amazing sight. Ha! You must be the dumbest walrus we've ever seen. He said this is the first confirmed sighting of a walrus. It's a one-off as far as I'm concerned. I haven't seen it before. Maybe others might have thought that they were uh, that they saw one before, but this is a definite confirmation <laughs> of one. That is a sound-sleeping walrus, man. Yep. In Ireland. Pretty wild. A pantsless Florida man was arrested yesterday after police spotted him pleasuring himself with a pickle while on a private premises. Florida man! Florida man! So he's on a private premises. Was it his own premises? I believe so. So responding to a suspicious person call, a cop saw Eric uh, Dietage lying on his back in front of a townhouse in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Dietage, unencumbered by pants or underwear, had his unit in one hand, and I have to be sensitive here, he had a large uneaten pickle in his other hand. The cop added that he was using the pickle to put where you would think, yeah. the only uh-huh. place he could put it, and not in his mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, Dietage was arrested on a misdemeanor. You're, you're not... You're not going to want to eat that pickle. Exposure of sexual organs charge. He's being <laughs> held in the county jail on lieu of $150 bond. 
Uh, I'll be out back pegging myself with a pickle if you need me. Uh, Detige has prior convictions for theft, disorderly conduct, resisting police, and criminal mischief. I would love to, I'd love to be his neighbor. Uh, jail records note that uh, Detige has uh, the words, only God can judge me, tattooed on his arm. I think God's going to judge poorly. I would think so. So uh, God's a pickle yeah. fan. Lying on his back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to imagine his legs are up in the air. Just, have to you be. Know, for, uh, I mean, for how are you going to get it in there? Yeah, exactly. It's really what we were thinking, and you Yeah, it. of uh, course. Yeah. I mean, you got to do it the right. If you're going to commit, do some planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jacksonville Police Department in Texas has released footage from an incident that took place on Wednesday at a Chick-fil-A restaurant. A customer who was visiting the fast food restaurant has been praised for his quick thinking after helping to stop a, sus- a suspect accused of driving a stolen vehicle. And he did it by throwing open the door of his truck to strike the suspect uh, who was being chased on foot by police. It's like uh, that scene in 48 hours. Exactly. Yeah. That's just what I was thinking, Steve. Uh, police were able to apprehend the suspect at the point. Uh, social media users applauded the assist from the Chick-fil-A customer, dubbing him Mullet guy. <laughs> Mullet guy. Uh, Here's a pickle for you, sir. A local auto body shop even offered him a free door glass for his truck door's window. I guess maybe it broke in the incident. I don't really know. Uh, I would have hooked him up with some waffle fries from Chick-fil-A. Yeah, definitely. Those are delightful. Good. All right, and one more. Just wrap it up. Uh, I think we got to wrap it. All right, we got to wrap it up. Sorry about that. That's ah! the end of the Bizarre File, but i got more stories away. Uh, they're coming up a little bit later on that I don't want to throw away, and I will share with you. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Uh, our buddy Mark Summers joining us yes. for the guest as well. Uh, starts our cavalcade of guests this morning. We'll be back in a moment. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order by 5 p.m. Eastern Time today with free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. In Play Win Monopoly at Acme, every ticket wins an offer, a prize, or tokens for sweepstakes. It's easy to play. There's no game board. Just scan your tickets from checkout in the Play Win app and see what you won. With over $230 million in prizes and money-saving offers, you could be a winner. No purchase necessary. See rules at ShopPlayWin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. Acme, official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have two guests who are on the line. Uh, one is a longtime friend. Another one we are meeting for the first time, and they're working together on this project. I'm actually angry at both of them uh, right now. <laughs> really? Because they're going to make me get Discovery Plus. Okay, mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. That's okay. Uh, you could use another streaming service. I know. <laughs> you need a new one. I'm like, I resisted, and like what they're promoting. I'm like, I am fascinated with this area. I'm going to watch this show, and I blame them both. All right. So <laughs> you you need a new streaming service. Uh, Mark needs a new ice maker, apparently, on his refrigerator. <laughs> okay. Um, but you, we'll, you've we'll been get following me. You, yeah, we'll get to the details. First, we're going to welcome Mark Summers to the show. Yay! Hi, Mark. How are you? 
You know, I'm alive and well, and I have ice. So <laughs> you have ice. Oh, it's all fixed. Did your ice maker get fixed? It did. You know, it's interesting, uh, the power of the little check mark next to your name on Twitter <laughs> and mentioning uh, a major brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they respond rather quickly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I would have thought Ian you. could have brought some stuff back from the Aleutians for you. There's enough ice up there, so, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. You know, Ian, uh, Ian uh, Shive and I... Uh, we're partners on a uh, shark special that we did for uh, Discovery, and uh, now we're doing this new project. And and uh, yeah, say hello to Ian first of all. Well, let me yeah, let yeah. me bring him on board. This is Ian Shive. Yay. He's going to be the host of Hi. the Last Unknown. Hey, Ian, how you doing, man? Good. Good morning. How's it have, going? Have you been part of the Ice Maker saga <laughs> with uh, with Mark Summers? Have you been on for this journey? I, I, I have. I okay. followed along, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, we actually chipped a piece of glacier off onto the boat, and that's what we made our drinks with while what, we were on the trip. What blows my mind, uh, Ian, is that you would waste all that time in the illusions when the real story was in Mark's kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I but, but let me tell you how adventure is. <laughs> let me tell you how Samsung came through. I made them so crazy. First of all, <laughs> that's what you do, they man. They came over to my house and fixed the ice maker, but then after they fixed it, it was dripping water. Like I had Niagara falls in the kitchen so i just sent them uh, a note saying when are you going to buy me a new refrigerator and um, they actually sent me a a, a nice check uh four figures uh to uh, take care of uh the issue so uh i will say that hmm. samsung uh, did a nice thing and came through and, and uh i'm very appreciative we assume those figures were numbers and not little drawings of middle fingers right <laughs> <laughs> well the ones i sent them okay all right why in turn they sent me well mark you, you started you started speaking about how you and uh, ian hooked up in the first place give us that story yeah, Ian uh, is a brilliant uh, photographer and uh, has been working with the National Park System for years. And I always feel uh, great pride in discovering new talent. You know, uh, through my history, uh, Robert Irvine, uh, Brian Seacrest, Guy Fieri have all been a part of my life. And I feel that uh, the next superstar that's coming out is uh, is Ian. And uh, his personality is strong, and you're going to see on Discovery Plus. Sorry about that, Steve. Uh, I'm getting it. Is, yeah. You got to get it for yeah. you know, six bucks. Come on, uh, and and we have a special coming up uh, starting Thursday that we'll be streaming called The Last Unknown. And now I'm going to shut up because Ian actually went there, did it, and has. Uh, if you look at the footage, is is absolutely amazing. So, so Ian, let me ask you because to, to, to Mark's point, yeah, the, just the trailer alone will have you uh, hooked for this area. Of for the sure. world has already has always fascinated me. My wife and I went on a trip years ago. I still consider it perhaps the best trip I've ever taken in my life to Alaska and in areas in proximity. But it's hard to say in proximity in an area so vast. But the illusions from the history of of it being a critical point in World War II during the the Cold War and for all of the focus that went on it, we don't know a lot about it. And that's I've never seen a chronicle sure. just in the in the shots that you're capturing the way you did. I appreciate it. No, and it's absolutely the truth. You know, Alaska is always equated with, you know, the big mountains and the epic wildlife. And the Aleutian Islands absolutely have that, and our show has that. Millions of seabirds, hundreds of thousands of cranky, ornery fur seals bouncing around on the beaches. But the World War II history is really incredible and was one of the big surprises that I think we discovered when we were on this trip. And we actually found gas masks laying in the mud as though they had just been dropped there. Wow. Uh, you know, we got to go in Japanese cave systems that they, uh, the captain of the boat told us it was like two weeks before 
or two weeks later than when the Japanese had just left. So we're finding bedposts and, and sandals and things laying in the mud uh, uh, that are over 75 years old, wow. but they're preserved in these islands. And, you know, these islands are amazing because they stretch out almost, you know, at one point we're closer to Russia than we are Alaska. That's how far out they go from mainland Alaska. So it, it really was mind-blowing. Ian, I read that the, the Aleutian Island chain is 1,100 miles long, which is, like you just men- mentioned, a lot of a territory to coverage. So where do you start? How do you pick a place to go in something that vast? You know, we, we covered over 3,000 miles on the boat, which I'll tell you, to give you an idea how remote it was, we never saw another ship the entire time we were out there. <laughs> zigzagging in and out of the islands. Yeah, so it, when you talk about the original quarantine this was it when we were filming this show. This was true isolation because there was nothing out there. And the way we picked the spots, you know, this is an expedition that's led by science. You know, you hear reality television, everything. Every morning we'd wake up and the scientists would say, this is where we're going to go. This is where the conditions and the weather are going to dictate going. And, you know, we're in the Bering Sea in the North Pacific. This is where deadliest catch takes place, except we're not staying on the boat. We're trying to get off of it onto these islands where they think the best wildlife spectacle, the best places to study wildlife exist. But it's always a crapshoot. You're approaching, you know, islands that have really not been assailed that much, if at all, by, you know, for example, when I was in Alaska, I'd point to areas and I'd say to my wife, you can say with fair confidence that where I'm pointing right now has never been stepped upon by, uh, uh, you know, anyone. I mean, there are areas here that are just virgin territory. How do you gain access to islands that that are so – many of them have these precipitous, jagged cliffs. How do you yep. do it? Uh, you know, with a lot of luck and a lot of preparation. I mean, the team of scientists that we're with were awesome, but you're right. I mean, you get out there. Your ship isn't just a ship. It is your life support. And so you've got to get onto the beach. You've got a tiny little raft that you're hoping the engine doesn't get caught in the kelp and then the swell – flips the, the raft, so now that you're in this cold ocean, but assuming that you actually get past the kelp, get past the swell, the raft lands on the beach, you've got giant boulders that are covered in seaweed, they're slippery, waiting to break your ankle, then you finally move onto the beach, past those boulders, you've carried about 400 pounds of camera gear and science equipment, and you realize there's no dock, there's no trails, and you know there's nowhere to get a cup of coffee, or there's no ice machines as well, for that matter. But, uh, nice recall. But <laughs> so all the while, did it, what did the, the knowledge that that Mark was enjoying a brand new refrigerator did that keep you? Did that help you soldier on? <laughs> yes, that's usually what keeps me going is knowing that is Mark's yeah. comfort. So so you know. Go ahead. Ian did this in, in two trips, and uh, I was uh, not going on the first one. I was going on the second one. And when he got back, he said to me, uh, I don't think this is for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, Mark, you, uh, you you are obviously someone, you know, n- none of this. Life in general is, you know, and, and the, the majesty and, and the things that can be discovered are not lost on you. Um, so, so I mean, even as you see the footage of what, and what Ian has been able to uh, to achieve – uh, it, it, breathtaking is the word that comes to mind. Oh, my God. Uh, just the shots of the birds, and you, you think to yourself, well, you know, how exciting could birds be? Uh, if you look at the promo, uh, it's just, a, 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 you know, a, a touch of, of what's going on there. Um, but the, far, the, the, the part that it really got me insane was the World War II stuff, uh, planes and boats, and you kind of think what was going on historically uh, on that island that we had no idea was going to show up. So it was an element that we just didn't even, uh, you know, think was going to happen. And so how many hours uh, did we shoot, uh, Ian? 
Oh, it was something like 40 hours of footage, I think it was. But, you know, and one of the things that I love about the approach to this is when I watch nature documentaries, and I've always enjoyed these great epic wildlife stories, but a lot of times it was the, the little vignette at the end, the last 10 minutes, were like, and here's how it was made. Right. And I'm always like, wow, that was really cool. I would like to see more of that. That's what we did here, and that's why I think this show is so different from other things that I've ever seen before, because it's like the making of a great nature doc, but you also get the great nature doc. Yeah, that, that's well. what always blew my mind is when you did, this man climbed the Devil's Tower. Well, bravo to him, but what about the dude who was filming him? So, you know, and, 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 and that's that to me is always the deal. I, I want to ask you, Ian, how much yeah. of a revelation and revolution has drone technology been to what you do? Oh, I mean, it's changed everything. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I always feel a little ridiculous when I take a helicopter, land on a glacier, and then pull out my little drone and fly it around. Yeah. Um, we've done that plenty of times, but it, it just takes you places and gets places that you can't otherwise go. And, you know, it's also a lot uh, less impact on the resource. You know, we're not scaring wildlife all over the place with a little drone the way a lot of wildlife films might have done with a, with a giant helicopter swooping down over them. So it, it really just opens up an entire world. Um, and especially with the Aleutian Islands, because it, it allows us to get up and over these cliff faces in areas that there are no trails and you've got shoulder high grass. It's basically an impenetrable island. And as you said earlier, probably nobody has really ever set foot there, uh, if at all, in any point in history in some of these islands. But our drone will. And it will be able to fly over and show us something that is for the first time human eyes are being set upon. Do you almost hear the echoes of like the, the past of people who were there, I mean, decades ago with with the most basic equipment, not wearing clothes like we have now oh, that gosh. are layers? How did they do it? I don't know. Yeah. You know, hardiness, hardiness. Yeah. You know, and I, you can only hope that some of those genetics have been passed down along the way. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you again, you know, the group of people that we went out with, they're they're tough. They're really tough. You know, it's one thing for me to go out on a couple expeditions, but to know that this is their job and they're out there every season going to these places on these islands. There's 2,500 islands in the Aleutian chain. Um, I know of those, you know, they're visiting about seven. Uh, so it gives you an idea how many really haven't been uh, haven't been explored, but the people that are going to go out there are going to have to be tough. Yeah. Ian, I was lucky enough to go to uh, Iceland a few years ago, and um, it's it was beautiful, it was remote, but it, it, it's accessible. You know, you can fly there from Newark Airport, and it's a direct flight. Uh, the Aleutians really seem, like, immensely remote and so removed. Um, uh, do do Does anybody ever go there? And if so, is, is there any tourism trade, or is it just <laughs> these places where people don't ever go? They're, they're mostly uninhabited, uh, and it's basically the further out you get, the more remote and removed you are from people. So, you know, there's a few islands that as you get close to, there's a couple islands you can't actually fly right into. Uh, you know, there's Dutch Harbor uh, on Alaska and Adak Island, but Adak, I think, has something like 90 people on it and looks post-apocalyptic because it used to have something like 250,000 people on it, and they all just up and left one day when the military base closed, so the curtains are still sort of blowing in the breeze out there. It's very haunting. But beyond that, uh, there's a couple um, uh, fishing villages. Uh, you know, obviously the islands are obviously very important to indigenous cultures. But beyond those fishing villages, which are tiny, we're talking probably 20, 30 people in some cases, there's nobody. So of the 2,500 <laughs> islands, there's no airports. There's no way to get in. There's no harbors. The only way to get there is to take a ship out of one of those very close to the mainland islands. And I mean very close, like cruise ship close. And then venture out the 1,100 miles or so to uh, wow. to the tip. 
Communications-wise, Ian, how often were you able to find out about Mark's appliances? Fairly <laughs> <laughs> regularly, actually. Uh, <laughs> getting, uh... That was the best part of the trip. I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to check his Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, Ian, you, you know, you mentioned... There's some cool stuff on it. And let, let me say something about Ian. Um, right. he, he is uh, small in stature, but has the biggest gonads of any human I've ever met in my entire life. And... Uh, Ian, just to digress, tell him that one story about uh, when you climbed up that guy's trellis uh, when uh, all these crazy people, I guess near the Ganges, uh, sort of chased you oh away. Gosh. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. You love that story. I think that was a compliment, Mark. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, thank you. I, I'm sure. They were, but uh, I'm like, okay, well, I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been in all kinds of situations, and this has been the story of my life, really. This is a, a yet another chapter, and what Mark's referencing is, you know, I went to one of the largest gatherings of all of humanity, which is basically the exact opposite of what we did in the Aleutian Islands. And it was in India during this festival called the Kumbh Mela. And it was so intense that you could actually feel the crowd pressing the air out of your lungs because wow. it was so dense. <laughs> wow. And the only way to get out of that situation and then photograph it was to climb up the gutter on the side of a building where I got up onto the rooftop and there were, you know, eight other people doing the same thing. So... I mean, it's been that, that was one of the first things that Mark had heard as a story. It said, "We got to do something together." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's impressive because he knew you were a man who were dedicated to uh, to get the right shot. I guess then. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure am. Uh, you know, he's got books and movies, and you're going to be hearing so much more about about Ian. But uh, besides being a photographer, he is a producer, he's a director, and he's a he's a huge talent. And I'm so excited uh, that uh, Discovery Plus uh, got on board with us, and and it's called The Last Unknown, and it starts uh, March 18th. So, so you, uh, you have that, and you also have there. There, uh, Discovery Plus apparently also has uh, access to Double Dare episodes, correct? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it's uh, Paramount Plus is one that has the Double Dare episodes on, and, and they're uh, going uh, like crazy. But they have Unwrapped on uh, Discovery Plus. Uh-huh. And if you go on that uh, opening bar where it says what's trending every day, uh, episodes of Unwrapped that I shot 146 years ago, uh, <laughs> talking about the history of Tootsie Rolls and Hershey bars, uh, still exists. So, you know, what we did back in the day never seems to go away now, thanks to streaming television. Well, you know, you, you had that, uh, and you had that situation uh, with the Ganges, but uh, Mark one time choked on an M&M. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're hey, similar war stories, episode. yeah. I saw that episode. I, I mean, I have to tell you, it takes, you know, Mark has been such an incredible supporter of my work for so long, and it really just takes, it takes time to share these stories, which is hard to believe, you know? It's hard to believe that this that this kind of stuff can be so difficult to bring to people because I think it's just the coolest thing. That's why it's my life. But, you know, kudos to Mark for just really getting behind me all the time and making sure that we can share these stories with people. And, he- and you guys, too. Uh, Ian, do you you got your sights set on on the next project and where you might be heading out to? Yeah, we got a we got a bunch of stuff we're working on. We're certainly anxious to get back to Alaska. Uh, there's you know never a shortage of stories there, but you know I've been working closely with the National Wildlife Refuge System for about eight years, so we're we're talking to them and figuring out you know what's the next great unknown place that we can get to. Well, we we look forward to it. You you guys are obviously a, a great team, and Mark, the you know the, the just the, the content alone. That you, you know you gener- have generated throughout the years, but this marriage with this this app and you know this addition to Discovery, um, I- I'm a sucker for this stuff. So I cannot <laughs> wait. And, and, and it premieres Thursday, correct? 
There's a, right. such a departure for what, you know, uh, certainly Double Dare and, and, uh, and Unwrapped. And, you know, the, the cool thing about it is Ian's been uh, around photography for his entire life because his dad uh, used to fit, uh, photograph rock and roll stars. Huh. Uh, and he's got yeah. amazing pictures from the past that you guys have never seen. Nobody's ever seen. And Ian, as a young boy, used to load his dad's camera and was hanging around that whole kind of world. And so that's all he's ever done wow. since he popped out of the womb, you know. Wow. <laughs> I have, I, I have, I, my wife got me a, a nice uh, Sony uh, for uh, camera for uh, Christmas, and I've just been futzing nice. around with it. I mean, I've always had the, the, uh, some chops, but um, once you get a, a decent camera, a good camera, uh, yeah. you begin to appreciate just what people like you do, Ian, and, and yeah. those those moments in time because they, you know, it. it oh, the, the guy just pointed and snapped. No, 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 no. There's a lot more involved. It's everything leading up to the moment you push the button. I mean, it really is. That's that's what I always try to tell people. It's you know they're like, oh, well, you know, what lens did you use? What were your settings? I'm like, I can tell you. Yeah. But it's not that. It's it's the riding on the ship. It's the climbing the gutters. It's the crawling through the mud. You know, sitting in the cold, freezing, watching your fingers turn a new shade of blue that you've never seen before. That's the stuff that really. <laughs> and it's it's also the, the terse tweets at Samsung. Right. You, yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, he put Ian on the spot telling us that, that, that story. Steve, do we have a clip of, uh, of Mark in oh, yeah. one of his uh, famous moments? We do. Just give, give me in, two seconds. In front of a crowd. <laughs> this and, is Mark. Yeah, yeah this uh, is Mark. Yeah. Shut the f*** up! <laughs> <laughs> That's him talking to Samsung on the phone. <laughs> Shut the f*** up! <laughs> So, so you yes. remember we said this was about being behind the scenes. Now you've seen behind the scenes. There you go. You're producing our show, right? So, yep, there you yep. Go. All right. I love it. So March 18th is when this is out on Discovery Plus streaming, and it is called The Last Unknown, The Aleutian Islands. Ian, very nice to meet you. I'm sure we'll talk again sometime down the road. And, Mark, it's always the best having you on, man. We appreciate it, guys. Hey, you guys be well. Thanks Good talking to you, on. and uh, hope to see you soon. Yes. Excellent. Mark Excellent. Summers, Ian yeah. yeah. On the program, I love that. That shut the f up, and I'll never get tired of it. I love shut it. Shut the f up! Wow, <laughs> looking at looking at the pictures um, of this on on Ian's um, Instagram account is just amazing. And yesterday, I was watching uh, my daughter and I were watching uh, Doctor Strange. We're going through all the uh, the Marvel movies. And, oh, that's so and cool. He arrives in in Kathmandu. Yeah, um, it's at uh, you know close to the beginning of the movie. And I was like, for a moment, I'm like, man, I should try to get to places like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that's actually in, so that area, or, or oh, I would like to go with Bob Seger. Um, but uh, actually, that's what you pull up. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it automatically yeah, yeah. takes over your radio. I, think I'm going I have a bizarre, it's not bizarre, I want to be within visual distance of Everest to yeah. see it. I don't need to climb I don't need to. No. I just want to be able to see it from afar, even, but be in the same realm as Everest, the same um, visual. But it got me. It got me thinking about not just Everest, but uh, I mean, you know, places, storied yes. places like where that, you want to get to that maybe you you need to see for yourself, and and is it worth it? And I, I think Nick, you're probably the most traveled of all of us because you you know you go at all these well uh, pl- uh, faraway places and and take the time. And I'm always curious, is it worth the trouble and effort to get to where 
these places are. You know it what I mean? It has been thus far. I mean, yeah. the uh, I mentioned Iceland, and that's like a four and a half hour flight from from Philly or Newark. You know, that's it's, easy. It's not hard, and it's beautiful. It's unlike any place I've ever been before. It's not the Aleutian Islands, which you know required twelve flights and and eight boat rides to get to where these guys just were. Ian and Mark, you know. So uh, actually, I guess Mark didn't go, but Ian did. Um, the longest, most difficult flight I ever did was was to Africa for to climb Kilimanjaro, and that was exhausting. That's what my wife is gearing up for in a couple of yeah. scout for twenty twenty two. But I think it's it's like anything. Like if if you want to get there, it's you know it's worth it. Um, it's just it takes a little bit of work and, and I mean there, planning. There are places here in the like the continental United States that's you know more than a couple of. Uh, Plane rides away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's one thing I can, I, like, I've been to all 50 states a couple of times, which is very cool. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad to say that. A lot of beautiful, again, Alaska, Jesus, that well, that alone is worth the price of admission. And, and Steve, you mentioned the cruise that you and your wife did, yeah. you know, and, and I would like to get to all the national parks before I die, but there are eight or nine of them in Alaska alone. Yeah. And they are thousands of miles apart. There are There are national parks in Alaska that you can't get to unless a plane drops you off. And then leaves, yeah. and then comes back oh, no. a week later. You know, so like you are in the remotest parts. National of, parks. Yeah, there's yeah. a national park in, in in Alaska. There's at least one, maybe two, where yeah, you can't drive there. You can't even like take a plane in and out. You get dropped off, and then a week later, that plane comes back and gets you, and then takes you out again. Wow. Yeah, and that's one of eight or nine national parks in Alaska. And I'd like to get there before I die, but it's that takes time and effort and planning. What was the place that you had to hike to? Wasn't it like a four hour hike? And you said to me, you're like you would love it, but you'd have to get like dropped off there. You, yeah. you wouldn't want to do the trek to get there. That's called Havasupai. It's on uh, Native American land just outside of Grand Canyon National Park. And it was a really difficult hike down and back. Um, but it was beautiful and worth it. It just it was uh, taxing to get there. Wow. And you had to carry all your gear in and out. Right. Yeah. Mm. No, Kath, you wouldn't do that. Nah. No. You would not do that. So. Steve and I would be um, in a helicopter that would drop us off. That's right. We hired Sherpas. Yeah, it's interesting. What? During, no cocoa uh, during uh, during pandemic times because Casey, you know, you mentioned uh, traveling around the states, and and you're not really allowed to travel um, many places outside of the United States right now. Yeah. That's going to change over the next few months, I'm sure. But right now, it's I don't think you can even get into Canada yet. So um, a lot of uh, travel opportunities over the last uh, or, or over the the next few months, people are focusing on traveling in the states, which is a great thing. There's so much to see and do in this country. Yeah. There are, so I watched that movie Nomadland, and it's, you know, it's basically about these people that live nomadic lifestyles. They they live out of their vans, and, yeah. uh, you know, and most of the people in the movie are not actors. And, like, it was depressing to watch because all right, we're talking about all these things, and these are things, too, that I want to experience. But this one lady's about to die, <laughs> and she's talking about, and she is, she is content with her life. And she's talking about some of the things that she has seen, these highlights of her life, you know, seeing... You know, these different things in nature. And I was watching it, and I just thought, this just doesn't sound like enough. Do you know what I mean? Like For life? Yeah. Yeah. It's all relative. Though, I know. I want, know. Yeah. I know. I know. But, like, this all... So, I'm recommending, don't watch them. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Because you have, you, all, you have Bitcoin. Yeah. So, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for you guys, what's on your bucket list? Like, the, the most... Uh, Steve, I know you've been... Uh, yeah, okay. So, you should go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. if it's on the list... Oh, I was gearing up. I, I was already... I had taken a, a big um, you still step can. away. From, well, uh, literally weeks before hell broke loose with the uh, with COVID, I'd gone to Universal and that bug to travel again because I'd spent years my my whole livelihood involved constantly on the road, 
And uh, and then that, uh, you know, and then obviously the radio and so on and so forth, you know, many years pass. And I got, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a homebody, but I was like, okay, yeah, it is fun to get back out and do it. And I had all the plans. I was starting to put together a, the, the Japan, you know, trip. But, uh, you know, I, I will get to it uh, sooner than later. You, you know, you, you, the last thing you want is that, you know, plan that you want to uh, see fulfilled. You can't do it for some reason. God forbid something horrendous happens that forbids you from doing it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, 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 that's – and have the courage to dream and plan and give it a shot. Yeah, you know? I don't I don't have any bucket list things right now. Well, sure, you, you, to... You're going to the, the, some national parks with uh, your daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a trip that, that right. I'm, I'm looking forward to taking, but, I, but not a bucket list like I need to go see this before I right. die. Um, unless, of course, it's uh, Kathmandu. So I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been thinking about it much. I think I've uh, out of sight, out of mind right now. Kind of. I mean, we're going up to Acadia National Park in a couple of weeks, but that's um, the Kathmandu of Maine. It yeah. is. I did well, not you know realize that. Uh, for many people, sitting in a restaurant is like a scaling right. Everest at this right. point. So <laughs> we'll we'll get there. I've been to the Grand Canyon twice, and you figure, okay, you've already been there. They go, know me. Go do something else, but, like, I want to get back there. I want There's to... a ton of the canyon to see. There are people mm-hmm. who spend, like, the people who spend going to Disney World or whatever, and, and if that's their thing that gets them off, then that's what they do. Well, and they I want to little... go back to the same places that I went to. And, and, and explore like, more. I'm telling you, man, that, like, so the... the Greatest lunch I ever had was not necessarily the meal, but where I sat. <laughs> yeah. And oh, okay. uh, so thank you uh, for <laughs> taking this journey with pictures. me. The greatest lunch I've ever had. <laughs> he had not had very good lunches prior to this. Some were moderate to Midland. And then that one lunch came that changed everything. Hi, my name is Kathy, and I'll be your waitress today. <laughs> waitress now. Start out with Salisbury steak. For Salisbury Hill. Great steak. Uh, but it had nothing. I don't even know what I ate for lunch, but where I sat was right on the North Rim. And so there's this North Rim campground. And I'm telling you, I walked into Can this lodge. Can you get a job along that rim? Uh, I believe, yeah, you can get a rim job. Uh, either a South Rim job or a North Rim job, but... Um, okay. All right. Uh, it was one of the most beautiful views you've ever had while you ate your lunch. I have. Am one I allowed too. to finish real quick? Yeah. All right. So I walked into this lodge and I'm walking to this just this grand room and I thought what I thought I was looking at was a giant piece of artwork on the wall. It was a window hmm. and I mean it was enormous. It was bigger than the windows here in our studio and it was the Grand Canyon and it was just absolutely gorgeous. And then I sat there and waited in line. For like 20 minutes because it was like first come, first service. What do you want to eat, pretty boy? Seating, seating is concerned. Yeah. And I just, I waited there. I'm like, you guys go do what you need to go do. I want to make sure I get the seat that I want. And we sat there like window side. And I was like, again, I don't care what I ate. Like I yeah. could have ate poop for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hey, where I was guess sitting. what you just ate? <laughs> My turd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to hear about yours. I, I have two of them. One of them is in, uh, I was visiting my uncle in uh, Carmel and uh, on, on US 1. Yeah. There's a there's a restaurant, I think it was called Nepente, and it's on the cliff mm. at, uh, over the ocean. It's just phenomenal. There's it's a bunch of just them. amazing. Uh, so that was beautiful. And then the other one was on top of a... Um, uh, of a mountain and a fjord in, uh, in Norway. I just like the word fjord. Fjord is a great word. Fjord. Yeah. Uh, so those were, that's my, my most favorite lunches. So one of my favorite lunches <laughs> was. Uh... <laughs> favorite lunches. This is called My Most Favorite Lunches by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. They were good potato skins, but they could have had more bacon bits. Uh, I would say um, 
Switzerland was uh, we were up on a uh, one of those classic you know were you having lunch we had lunch all right good oh, and actually it doesn't count if you weren't yeah. having lunch yeah. Yeah. we were okay. having lunch yes. and hot cocoa mm. but I mean again again the food doesn't matter there's so much scenic beauty there's so much so Alaska is just replete with those moments mm-hmm. uh, my favorite uh, cappuccino that okay I had, that works uh, was at Hotel Caesar Augustus uh, on Capri uh, in Italy and it was we were sitting at uh, an infinity pool that overlooked the Bay of Naples. You could see Mount Vesuvius. Like, it was, we looked at each it's other. Surreal. We were like, we, yeah. I don't know if we belong here. Right, you like, never you never feel, that's the sign, I think, of, of, of being able to keep things in perspective, that feeling that somebody is going to come out of the forest and go, you shouldn't be here. You know, I, like a, I just remember sitting in the lounge chair at the pool yeah. and looking and drinking the cappuccino. I remember that, and I was like, this is delicious, yeah. and like, look at what I'm looking at right now. Just drinking a cappuccino. It makes for a magical moments. Oh my god! When you have something to eat, something in your mouth, especially it tastes great, and you're looking at something yeah. wonderful, and if it smells great too, yeah. then mm-hmm. you've got everything covered. And Fred, if somebody's giving you a handy at the same absolutely. time, oh Luigi, god. wow, right? Yeah, okay. um, you like this? It's a good time, man. Yeah, <laughs> am I uh, pumping too hard? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> vigorous in Italy. Uh, you mentioned something that's on my bucket list, which is uh, Route 1 in between Carmel and, and uh, L.A., but you can't drive it right now right? because a, a mudslide washed uh, a huge section of the road away. I was reading a story the other day that the locals are so thankful that that happened. Yeah. Because oh. nobody's driving well, around and ca- and gumming up the the uh, uh, the roadway. It's a double edged sword though, right. because a lot of their tourist dollars come in some, yes. either, from either L A. or San Francisco, and they're, they're just it's quiet right now, which right. is nice. Right. Uh, but uh, people aren't able to get in. That and was out. a sensational trip. Again, just going, we flew up to San Francisco, went up north, and then and then drove down so that um, the you know the the ocean side was on our our side going down. Yeah. So it's, some people are terrified to do that drive because you are driving along cliffs. Cliff edges, but it's just gorgeous. Nick, right. what was your favorite lunch? Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. All right, okay. My what about your favorite lunch? handy? <laughs> favorite handy? First one, probably, right? Because, like, <laughs> oh, my first one was terrible. Remember really? that? Oh, yeah. Hey, first Nick. Mine was good. Henri. Yeah. I think, like, it's... You're uh, from the States? Uh, no, never had a handy from a guy. Um, but I think... Uh, don't knock until you try it. Yeah. I don't... Um, like it's the first one ever, right? So like, yeah. how can oh, we're I, talking how, about handies. Let's Why go back someone? to lunches. Well, okay. No, lunch. we're talking about scenic handies, <laughs> where the view was exemplary. I'll have to think about the lunch. Yeah, Casey's yeah. showing me a picture of his of his favorite lunch of all time, and uh, there's some hairy dude that was with him too. That's Saunders. Saunders, yeah, Who's Saunders. Uh, Saunders was our guide. Uh, actually, he was a guide. You want lunch? <laughs> he was a guide in training. He was a Mormon. I got really? one. Yeah. Okay. What? I had a burger with my dad in Cabo San Lucas, and it was just the two of us. And uh, I had a cold beer, and it was Casey. I don't remember how good the burger was, but I remember looking to my right and seeing the Pacific Ocean, and it was as blue as it had been in my dreams. And it, just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. It, was, it was so cool. You know what, man? It has no memory. <laughs> I had a hot dog in this underwater city. That was my least favorite lunch. <laughs> yeah. but Please. They chased yeah. you out. Yeah. They chased you out. Well, he, oh he was violating yeah. the city rule, which said you cannot eat <laughs> hot dogs in any underwater city. Hang on. I know we got to take a break, but I had mentioned Acadia National Park, and I'm going there in a couple of weeks, and Pete uh, has something to say about that. Hi, Pete. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Yeah, I was uh, listening to you going to Arcadia National Park. Yeah. And. I want to go. I uh, go up there a couple times, and I take a pizza up the Cadillac Mountain. Ah. I look down on Bar Harbor. Yeah. And just sit there, and it's really a beautiful view. Just dig into your pizza? 
part of me. You just dig into your pizza while you're ch- taking in the view, right? Yeah, sitting up there one time. In fact, it was uh, looking down a little islands, and there was peak. clouds on top of the islands, and the uh, little breeze would like Do you pull pizza? the clouds. <laughs> Wait, no, he said pizza. Did he say pizza? Did you say? Hold on. Did you say you take a pizza up there? Pizza on top of Carolina. Yeah. Okay, all right, he yeah. did. All right. On top of Carolina Mountain, all covered with I, cheese. That's what I heard, but he didn't react to what you said, so I was like, maybe he didn't say pizza. No, he, he did, did say, say pizza. pizza. He did say yeah. pizza. Don't sully this story all by right. removing yeah. the pizza. Pete, thank you. I will, I will. Uh, my daughter and I will get a pizza, and we'll take it up to the top of that mountain. Take a pizza up there, and it's really nice. <laughs> to me, right, it's thanks, like man. eating meatballs along the edge of Kilauea. <laughs> oh, my God. You have not lived. Lived until you've eaten meatballs yeah. along the edge okay. of Kilauea. Well, this this segment has been called our favorite lunches. Yep, we should do this yeah. again. Don't I, let I, any I, other, if you hear a radio show ripping this segment off, let us know next time. <laughs> next time we'll do it. And we'll invite phone calls yeah. of, of your favorite lunch ever. Oh, freaking! I honestly, I really want to do. I know. That. Why can't yeah. we do it now? Because well, well, we're out of time. We got Tom. Oh, we got Tom Papa. We're talking about bread. Yeah. Right, we're gonna, we're, yeah, we are. Trust me, we will talk about bread with Tom Papa. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. MMR VIP. Sign up for free at WMMR.com for access to VIP contests, special deals, and to be the first to know about important stuff. It's like having an MMR backstage pass without having to do something nasty to get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a live streaming event, comedy special that's coming up on the 27th, and uh, there's nobody better, in my personal opinion, that mm. uh, you can uh, get a great night of entertainment out of than the gentleman who's on the line. Please welcome Mr. Tom Popper hey. to the show. Good morning. morning. Hey, good to, good to hear you guys. Hey, it's good to hear you, sir, and uh, I'm happy. That, so this is kind of, is this a live audience? How's this working out, Tom? Yeah, this is, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm using it to kind of kick off my return to live shows this is my uh nationwide worldwide streaming show i do it at home live i do an hour of new stand-up followed by a hang we're going to uh which is another way of saying watch tom get drunk on martinis <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that, that's worth that's uh, that alone is worth the price to pay to see that that transformation <laughs> if you do, you become like a, like a Tom Sizemore drunk flipping over tables and things of that nature. Yeah, you'll get an hour of straight stand up, a very buttoned down, a lot of jokes, very responsible, and then <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> Smashing! What's in you? Oh, <laughs> I guess we're we're sort of a, you know you are, are dipping your toes back into normalcy. Did I hear you say the other day uh, that you just booked your first uh, flight to? You're going to uh, beautiful Omaha. Oh my God! I have two flights on my phone right now in my app. It's uh, for, it's first time since probably October, November, and I'm going to Omaha, Nebraska, and then I'm going to uh, Kansas City, Missouri, <laughs> and uh, the shows will probably be horrible. <laughs> They're going to be in tiny places with uh, maybe like a 22% occupancy. It but won't matter, I'm though, stay, will it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in a Holiday Inn Express <laughs> in the middle of Omaha. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I am 
I am so I'm more excited than when I was a kid going to Disney. <laughs> I have to imagine, right. Tom, at this point, you it, it might as well be Rome, Italy, and you're staying yeah staying at like a like a five star hotel, like it's just the absolute best because everybody there is such a sense of uh, of of joy over the return to some basic things. So I, I was talking yeah. to a, a friend who actually booked a, a, a flight for for work and was heading over to, out to the you know to San Francisco, and I was like. It was the greatest thing ever. So, but you, someone so, you know, so like you, who you know, would get jaded to all the travel. You take a big enough break from it, and it's it's like welcome home. Yeah, completely. And the airlines know it too. I literally, <laughs> I literally was looking at a flight to Omaha, Nebraska, and it was like twenty five dollars round trip last month. And I was like, oh, I'll wait. And then when <laughs> I went to the other day to get my flight, which is a month away, a month and a half away, maybe. And it's like a thousand dollars. Oh right! Oh, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. They're like, "Oh, you're back, and we're gonna rape you." <laughs> Do you think we're gonna see things like at that 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 Best Western that you're staying at? Like they they set up a concierge table, like to you know to uh, for, for travel, and if you're in the area, you know, people to get mm-hmm. like when you travel to a real um, a, a tourist destination. I think people are gonna yeah. be so thrilled to get out and about. They're gonna take advantage of it. Oh, completely. We're, yeah, I'll pay anything. I'm getting. I'm just. I'm piling up on credit cards just to <laughs> towards travel. But we can't blow it. I'm very no. nervous. I mean, I'm so proud of everybody that we've done so much work and we've gotten here. Like we've we've sacrificed all of this, and you know, there's also been a lot of nimrods, and they can they can potentially blow the whole thing. And I'm not. I'm not abusing the people that struggled with masks and had a hard time. You know, we needed those people so I could point them out to my children and say, that's what selfish looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's important to have good examples. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, you need those examples to teach your children of what horrible people are. (laughs) And, And look, I understand, I understand, you know, People die. Okay, it's a it's a horrible horrible reality. It's it's but at least for a great cause, right? In World War II, most people, you know, a lot of people died. Why? So we could kill Hitler. Right. And now with the COVID pandemic, a lot of people are dying. Why? So you can do Jello shots inside a Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> in Tampa. <laughs> This is what everybody's missing. Like I don't understand. <laughs> Grandma has to die. So, what, so you could see Trolls World Tour in a theater. You're right. What's so great out there? It's not great. And you know, oh, you know who's really pissing me off is the old people. These people. They were so walking around all frail, teary eyed. Please, everybody, wear your mask. You don't want to kill us frail old people. Now they have the vaccine. I don't know about where you live. They're running around like it's Woodstock. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the supermarket, no mask on, spitting on the produce. (laughs) I tell you what, if you you get get to like the last years of your life, you say, okay, this is going to be my golden time. I've been waiting for this. And then you go into lockdown and it's suddenly, you know, you feel like you're you're, you're busing 
hashish out of Turkey. You're on the other side of a plexiglass window trying to see your family. <laughs> and, and, and it's like it's like you can understand the coiled spring exploding as they now have the thrill of getting a little bit more latitude. But I, I, I feel it. I feel we're going in, you know, the, the energy is there. We're going to get yeah. there. And, and let me ask you, we were talking about a, a vacation and traveling. Um, as bizarre as it sounds, while we've been locked up in sort of in, in a, a hyper-sedate stage, do you have any personal vacation plans? Personal vacation plans? Yeah. Are you Are you high? <laughs> vacation, like with my family, with these people that can't stand me, who've been inside with me for a, a year? I am go- <laughs> That's a non-starter, huh? That's not happening. I am not going on a vacation ever again. I'm going back to work. I'm going to play every bar, every comedy club. I'm going to be. I'm going to be doing. You're going to see me at the Philadelphia airport just telling jokes next to the Cinnabon. <laughs> it's that desperate. And I, I, I see very clearly. I, you, everyone's freaking out. I understand you want to go out, but what do you think you're missing? Like I saw, like your city, they're like. The big restrictions are going to be lifted Easter Sunday. Like, that's when you're going to be able to really, like, go inside and do it. But are you – okay, enjoy it. Enjoy Easter brunch, the worst meal of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Sitting yeah. there, runny eggs, some big, creepy, dirty rabbit walking around terrifying the children. <laughs> what do you think you're missing? Well, it's only 120 bucks a pop, too, Tom. So it's, yeah. it's a bargain. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, for some hard crescent rolls. Oh, my God. Well, I always recommend stay away from the pancakes, the waffles, and the French toast. Because I, I run into this issue on Mother's Day every time where you pay 50 bucks for a, a buffet, a brunch buffet, and then you fill yourself at in the beginning with... The these standard. carbs with, with the carbs and you you never get your money's worth you gotta like get <laughs> ease into it i think that what you're ignoring is uh, is uh, uh, the easter tradition uh, jesus loved his crescent rolls yeah. <laughs> and his and his rolls. bear claws yeah but tom i bet you can make some killer french toast with that bread Oh, oh, yeah, you're right, exactly. And where do I do that? At home, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's been my my, per, my perception has been as of lately. You know, and I, I keep thinking about the moment that we're that we're all available to, to yeah, live yeah. our lives like we did in the past. <laughs> and I'm like, and then do what? <laughs> I honestly, Tom, I've been like, and do what? What did I? You I know? know? What do you think you're missing? <laughs> <laughs> My family's the same way, and my kids are like they're just clawing to get out. And it's like as soon as we're allowed to go out, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be like, all right, here we go, everybody, like a big family outing. And they're all gonna walk out, and I'm gonna shut the door and lock it and go to the house. <laughs> <laughs> be alone in my house for the first time. I can't wait. Oh my god, Tom. You know what? I I gotta talk about. Uh, you're doing great. Your special it was. It's a book as well, but uh, but your special that came out on Netflix, and and it it kind of. It happened right as this was about to take place, you know, sure and, and, and it was such a it's such a wonderful sentiment. The the whole overall uh, atmosphere of, of that special was, hey, you're, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be good. And then this hit, and then COVID mm-hmm. hit, and uh, but but it was still comforting to to see that anyway. So how does that shift in in what you've been observing and what maybe the next special might be? You're going to have something else that you that's going to be an overriding theme on on your next uh, Netflix special. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, thank you for saying that. First of all, it means a lot. I get, I get, I get stuff on social media every day saying that people watch that special over and over through this whole pandemic because it gave them some hope and relief. And it really was just about lowering the bar on life and realizing, you know, it's kind of what we're talking about. That you're running around and chasing what like it's the simple things that get you through life and running around and going to these bars and looking for easter brunch and all the rest that's such a waste of time just like you're already doing okay just dial it back now i didn't know we're going to be locked in our houses and we'd have to somehow like a zen master find joy out of doing the dishes for the (laughs) one millionth time right um but that that still holds. And, and I really, I, the way I've been talking now in my act, it's a little bit more of that. I'm, I feel like I'm proud of people. I'm proud that we, and that we're all in this together. That's the, like, we're taught that we're these unique snowflakes. You're not, you're not like (laughs) maybe no one looks like you, but we're all the same. And this proved it. We felt joy at the same time and anxiety at the same time and frustration and, we felt all of these things like we're this living organism. It's a very strange thing. And and all kidding aside, I miss all of those people. I miss the strangers in my life. I miss the extras. Like, I have the main characters. I live with the main characters all the time. But I miss the obnoxious people out there. They just added, like, layers. To, I miss the guy in the parking garage that doesn't, get out of his car he sits there with his car running while you're waiting to determine did he just get there or is he <laughs> right yeah or is he just he killing time yeah and he yeah. doesn't say a word <laughs> i miss that jerk off <laughs> but that's the hum- that's the big tapestry of humanity and and i mean there there is you know, we, we have to fight the inclination to break off into groups and look at other groups and say, well, that, there's this and there's that. And, then, you know, you're right. There's so there's so much more that 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 we we are, are part of and have, yeah. you know, collective desires that are so similar, uh, you know, and, and it, it does help us to pause and think about that because it's it's yeah. it's the quality of life. Totally. And now look, there are, you're going to come out of your hobbit hole. You're going to go back to life's roaring river and you're going to remember that, oh, these people aren't that great, but that's okay. They're like the woman at, in the coffee shop who knows there's 25 people behind her and still orders 75 of the most complex drinks known to man. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see her. I can't yeah. wait to see the guy on the sidewalk that spits. Right in front of where you're about to walk. Like, not a little spit, like a giant alien afterbirth. I can't wait to see that guy. I miss these people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, And just have every confidence that they probably despise you as much as you despise them. Oh, they hate your guts. They don't even care about you. No. That's the thing that you're saying about the groups and everybody's, like, on these things. Nobody belongs to a group. You, you, you hang around a group long enough. They hate you just as much as the other group. Stop it. Yeah, you'd be surprised how much your own group hates you. <laughs> yes, exactly. No one's on your side. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is all sage advice. It may not appear in something you'd find on, say, a Lifetime special, but it, it is, it's valid information. Oh, it's valid information. It'll help you so much more. Yeah. These people that are running around thinking like that life is, owes you something and you're supposed to, it, it, it's filled with all of the, everywhere you go is filled with just 
joy and elation. Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Those, those are the people that end up living in tents under the bridge. No. <laughs> get your little apartment. Get yourself some Taco Bell. Chill out. Watch some basketball. That's it. That's an amazing, amazing moment in yes, your life. Yes, it sure that's is. That's an amazing moment. Well, the live stream comedy special should be pretty amazing, too. Now, the after party that's happening is on the 27th for those, and, I, and I'll get the, the ticket information here in just a second. Uh, the after party, what is that? Is, it, is there, like, going to be a Q&A, or you're going to interact, or what's what's going on, Tom? Yeah, the cool thing about these, and they've, they've dialed them in, this Rush Ticks. RushTicks.com is, are the people that put it together. And they're the first ones. Like, I've been very reluctant. I haven't – I've snuck out and performed live, but I haven't done live streaming stuff, and I don't do a lot of – I've done a couple. Like, I did some corporate stuff, and I did some uh, – so I'm not doing drive-in – movie theaters i right. can't perform for cars i just can't do it mm-hmm. i just can't i can't watch people like pulling out in the middle of my joke <laughs> uh, <laughs> these people at rush Ticks, they've done it so well that like you can literally the it's so clear and it's like this is what everybody was trying to do to have this real interaction and they open up the mic where it doesn't interrupt you as a performer, but you can talk to people and then they can respond back. It's like this cool. So I'm really, I mean, I'm look, I want to do stand up, and people haven't seen me do stand up in a while. And, uh, and I've got all new material. I'm psyched with that. But once we pop open the mics and I start drinking, Oh, that's going to be my joy. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> there you wow. go. Hey, and, uh, how is, uh, uh, the breaking bread, uh, podcast, uh, coming along? Um, it's and going great. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's it's the whole. It's, I wanted to. I look. My whole thing. I I was baking bread way before the pandemic, and I just love doing it. And I've gotten really good at it. And I love driving it around and dropping it off. I'm going to see Ali Wong uh, this afternoon to drop off bread at her house. And <laughs> I just it's it's just my way to like go see people. Is yeah yeah. And, you know, food and drink. That to me is like the greatest thing in the world. So to sit, but we've had to zoom a lot of it. So. Now I'm getting back into the studio and sitting with people. It's uh, it really and you know you you just spend some time with people. Look, I'm not I'm past the age of wanting to get high and do all that stuff, and I just want to just eat great food. Mm-hmm. And w- will I end up with diabetes because of this podcast? Yes, yes. It's a proper trade off. Is it weird yeah. to hear somebody say that they're jealous of you by any chance? Um, no, I love hearing that because okay. I'm jealous of everybody else. Well, I'm super jealous of you. Well, first of all, you're and listen. I, I guess maybe anybody can make bread, but you uh, you do a show with Fortune Feimster. I'm a huge fan of hers, um, and she is really sort of exploding out there uh, onto the scene. I, she's popping up on movies all the time. But you just said you're going to drop bread off to Ali Wong. I'm a huge fan of hers as well. My wife and I watch her special as well as your special on Netflix all the time. You still there, yeah. Tom? Oh, okay. Oh, was there a question in there? No, no. I just, <laughs> no, he just wanted you to sit with I that just for want, a while. I just want you to sit with that because, no, you travel in these circles, and we're looking at these pictures of you. with, with And those are your friends. These people that I sit there and I watch for hours on end on Netflix are, are people that you consider friends. He's going to ask you for money. That's why it got awkward. I thought, I thought what you were going to say is why am I giving bread to tiny two-foot-tall Ali Wong when I've got Fortune Feimster who probably would enjoy the bread a lot more than now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. The answer to that is Fortune eats, Fortune, I love her to death and we love 
snacks and eating food. And but she would woof that bread down. She I give her like every other week. She eats it so fast. It's like when you give your dog a treat, and it's like, hey, look what I brought home from the restaurant. It's for you. And they eat it in two seconds. There's no gratitude. Yeah. There's no, like, thank you. They just look at you like, what's next? That's fortune when I give her bread. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a troubling dynamic there. She, uh, we had to, what was the, what's the movie she was in with, the, the Kristen Wiig one just recently? Oh, uh, Barbara and Margaret of Vista Del Mar. Barbara Star. Fortune yeah. is done up as, as this uh, sort of <laughs> housewife, you know, um, I, a completely alien look. It took me a few seconds to recognize her. She was hilarious yeah. in that. I mean, she's, she, she can be chameleon-like. Yeah, she's really good. She's a, she, you know, she comes from improv, and she's a really good, a really good actress. And she's got such a great look too yeah. that you know, you just put her into the movie, and and you get these great scenes. It's it's really good. The only hard part is then um, when we're on the radio, and then I have to promote every movie that she's doing, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there like I made a raisin loaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just different well, lifestyles. There. Raisin yeah. loaves are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one is full of drive, and the other one is more uh, yeah. sedate. I... I'm working on an Irish soda bread. It's really <laughs> exciting. Uh, so, all right, are you going to unveil Irish soda bread tomorrow? Ooh. Oh, I know, the big thing. I know. I uh, No, you know, the problem... The problem, guys, is, you know, we've talked about it before. I live with all vegetarians, and I just want corned beef. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, it, it's, it's me and the dogs in the yard eating meat before we come inside. And, <laughs> nope. If, 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 there's, if there's any case for me going on the road, it's so I can eat and watch other people eat. And, you know, my, my wife and I just celebrated our, our wedding anniversary. And was, I literally was in the supermarket like, oh, I should get, I should make her something she really loves. She doesn't love food. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you reconcile that when you're the one carnivore? So when you when you actually do return to the road, are you going to be going to those restaurants that have those you know steak eating contests? That if you <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah, I and I do it now. I I literally you know I'm friends with Joe Rogan and who he is like a his hobby is elk hunting. Yes, so he goes out and he, he kills these 700 pound elk and then he can't eat it all so he had these freezers in his old studio he literally gave me a freezer in my garage right now is this giant freezer filled with elk it's got to be like 200 pounds of elk meat jesus my wife my wife is horrified (laughs) horrified but i i put it on the grill and the dogs are excited they come they run out and see me and uh i'm the they're most. I'm the most popular guy in the house. In the kennel, you're, yeah, you're the alpha. You know what, Tom? Uh, so if if everybody in in the house is vegetarian, but you, you know, like when when we want to do a special meal at my house, it's like you know we'll get like a rack of lamb, or we we'll, you know we'll get some. We'll, we'll step it up a bit, and we'll. we'll yeah. But what do you do yeah. in the vegetarian household if you yeah. want to do like the big meal, something special? What what do you go to? You get an eggplant, uh, you, or I mean, I. <laughs> You make some you make some white rice and you put a carrot in it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem as good. And then, you, and then you go to the garage and you eat beef jerky. With <laughs> Tom, in the uh, in the segment uh, before we had you on, we were talking about our favorite lunches of all time, and it was more so our the setting more so than the meal. Do you, if I asked you what your favorite lunch of all time was, would you be able to just? Uh, uh, rattle it off, rattle off right off the top of your head. 
Oh man, no, I, I, no, I couldn't just off the top of my head. There's a sandwich. Well, there's a sandwich shop in New York called Aladoro, which is this Italian place that's literally the size of a of a coat closet. It's literally like if you go to a nice restaurant and you give their coat, that's their whole restaurant. <laughs> and, but there's this old Italian dude in there that makes these sandwiches. There's like 25 of them. You have to know exactly what you want when you get up there. And he makes this thing called the Michelangelo, which is this provolone, porchetta, uh, prosciutto sandwich with hot peppers. And it's just so damn good that you can't – there's no tables. So you literally just stand outside in the snow next to a next to a park and eat this. And every time I eat that sandwich, that I tell myself this is the best. Lunch that's I've the ever joy. Had. That's okay. your moment. Yeah. Okay, that's oh. good enough. God, it's so good. I know that's not the setting philosophy, <laughs> but like, but it's uh, well, it's just joy. It's still okay. that said. We're looking for the pure joy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all talking about eating lunch. You know, on the. Uh, Grand, you know, the, Canyon, the Grand Canyon. Mine was, mine was overlooking a fjord in Norway. But yours, and... right next to a pile of trash on the yeah, New York City sure. street, is just as good. It has merit, too. But that speaks to the power of the food if the food can override <laughs> yeah. the mm, pile of garbage. Now, why lunch? Do you feel like lunch is the is the the star of the meal? I don't know. Casey well, just brought it up. He was why, what? well. We were talking about travel, and I said, uh, "Oh man, my favorite lunch I ever had." And you guys laughed at that because you were thinking that I was talking about the meal, but I was really talking about the setting being right next to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I don't know how we got. It's there. a psychological right. profile test that they <laughs> yeah. they conduct in Austria. All right. Well, <laughs> listen, Tom, we got to wrap. I apologize, but uh, the live stream comedy special and after party is on Saturday, March twenty seventh. It is nine p.m. And as Tom had said, you can get it through rushticks.com we'll post that information so it's gonna be awesome people can follow along it is always awesome to talk to you tom thanks a bunch man you guys are the best the last theater i did was the keswick theater <sighs> wow and uh I, I literally when i roll back into your neck of the woods and i'm doing a live show i'm gonna feel like we were finally crossed the finish line so love we're you getting guys. there Excellent. we're getting there love you thanks tom tom papa yeah. guys all right, so that'll be fun. That'll be really, really cool. All right, and we're going to roll right into our next guest, which we're excited to uh, speak to. And he's uh, big fan. doing a turn on uh, Chicago Med Yeah, uh, starting tomorrow night. Or it is tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. on NBC, that you can check it out. And he's been in so many great shows and movies throughout the year. We were just talking about uh, The Shining, the, yeah, the, the, uh, that yeah, version that, a great uh, job. that Stephen was a star in. Uh, so we're going to get right to it. Please welcome Mr. Stephen Weber to yeah. the show. This morning, Stephen. Good morning, sir. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Calm down. I'm just plain folk. <laughs> yes, we're glad sir. to hear Thank that. We were, we were wondering if you were going to put on airs, but to know that you're just a regular guy. Should, should we throw Stephen into our, our psychological profile and ask yeah. him what is the greatest lunch was he, he's ever yeah. had? Stephen? And, yeah. We're, we're talking about the greatest <laughs> setting the greatest that you've what? been in. Yes, I know. It's the, bizarre. I, yes. The greatest us. lunch you've ever had. Mine, mine was sitting atop a fjord. In uh, in Norway, Casey here was uh, at the Sitting, Grand Canyon. Yep, at the North Rim, Rim of the Grand Canyon. How about you? The greatest lunch? Yes, <laughs> he's still out on yeah. top. <laughs> you don't. You don't have oh, to. He's like, why did I agree to do radio interviews this morning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
this is outrageous. <laughs> theme, talking about lunch. Uh, I, the greatest lunch I've ever had. I, I don't know what the greatest lunch I've ever had, but certainly the greatest time on radio I've ever had is with Preston. Oh, that's how you, that's how you divert. Yeah, wow. it's, that was great. Wow. Well, well executed. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask okay. you, uh, uh, Stephen, been a big fan for, for many years, and you've obviously had your, with Wings, you had a su- uh, big success, and you were on Mom recently and other shows that you've joined. Uh, and, and Mom was uh, along, um, you know, uh, a couple of years in before you joined. This is season six of Chicago Med. When you join a um, a show that's already up and running, uh, is there a different vibe, a different set of skills that you have to employ to uh, to to make things work, or, or is it something you prefer? Well, I, it's weird because it's definitely a, an odd situation. You're kind of running onto a moving train. Uh, the thing is that everybody seems to understand that um, you're the odd man out for the moment. They kind of do everything they can to make you feel at home. You know, nobody's forced to work in the entertainment industry. And uh, so there's, there's a, a, a degree of gratitude, which, uh, which actually is, is very present. Very few jerks, you know, who, who actually do put on airs. Everybody's fairly, you know, low-key, believe it or not. So, you know, it, it's part of the... It's part of the world, you know. I'm like the I'm, I'm like a an old hobo with a, you know, a, a cane with a handkerchief filled with you know buns on his back, <laughs> right? right. And a, <laughs> a the t- cigar and I have to stop me before I, I, I get the <laughs> no. That was it was beautiful. In fact, I'm going to crochet you that later on. I got the imagery. <laughs> yeah, too. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about I'll the di- the, the dynamic. I think is very cool. You're playing Dr. Dean Archer. Who um, actually worked with uh, uh, Doctor Troy? Is his name, I believe. And and, and right. And so uh, you, he was an underling to you in the in the military, and now he is your boss in the current configuration. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, and it causes some friction, obviously, but also what's underneath it is that they both saw action while they were um, in the Navy, and that's uh, very cool. And they're both struggling. Yeah, you know, they're both struggling with some PTSD, and that that actually becomes a fairly prominent, I think, as uh, as things progress. And uh, which I, uh, it's very actable. You know, it's very yeah. kind of exciting to do something like that. But also, it's a uh, not to dampen people's uh, moods, but I, it's something that's so close to my heart. Uh, I worked with an organization called New Directions for uh, for veterans, uh, which helps veterans kind of recovering from PTSD, you know, when they're back in the world. And so it's, it kind of resonates with me, but yeah, this, look, this, this, this show does a lot of stuff that, uh, in terms of dealing with real life issues. Um, but, uh, of course it does it with actors who are impossibly beautiful and handsome. (laughs) Just the way everyone is in Chicago. Yes. (laughs) Stephen, I wanted to ask you about a TV show that kind of flew under the radar, which was, um, get shorty. And you played a studio head on that with a huge ego and you were just this narcissistic prick. And and I loved it. You were great in it. Um, uh, was that inspired by anybody in your life, or was that just sort of an amalgamation of uh, people you've met over the years? I mean, it wasn't inspired by anybody in my life. I mean, I know some characters, but nobody that that depraved. <laughs> but um, it was just it, you know it was written by this great uh, writer named Davy Holmes, and he you know he put together the character based on a bunch of real. Uh, people, it's sort of a composite, but yeah. Thanks for mentioning that show. Great acting, great writing on that show is, is really good. I, 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 but TV's I, doing fabulously well. You know, TV's 
there's a font of amazing um, entertainment and, and kind of relatively deep stuff lately. It's funny when when it used to be the uh, that's okay. You're you're you know the, it was basically you know uh, TV and then TV game shows and then you're on the way out. Your career is over. TV now is is where you're going to find the most inventive, the most challenging. I mean, look at the the Oscar nominations came out and a lot of this stuff has you know was already it's premiered on television. So, so um, it's it, it, it's right. it's a wild contortion of the way things are, and the stigma is no longer there. I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if this is the truth because you can never trust a lot of stuff you find online. But uh, um, was your dad involved with um, the Borscht Belt and comedians, and uh, was he himself a comedian? He wasn't a comedian. He was a uh, an agent uh, and manager of comedians in the Borscht Belt up in the up so in the Catskills. Wow! Yeah. I worked at a couple of these, you know, classic hotels in the Catskills and, you know, like you saw on Dirty Dancing or, you know, I'm trying to think what other movies. But, uh, yeah, it was a great time and, and really interesting, kind of an interesting flavor in, in my, uh, my we, we We went a couple of times. It was the coolest thing. That's why Dirty Dancing is, is, is a fanciful representation. But it, it, for, for people who just didn't get to experience it, it was, it, was, it was a cool vibe. It was nothing quite like it. And you spent a lot of time there. Um, I did. I spent a couple of summers uh, at, at a couple of places, and I just love the fact that you used the phrase fanciful rep- uh, representation. <laughs> I think this is a really, this is a brainy show. Clowns, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Hey, speaking of brainy, Stephen, uh, with your turn on Chicago Med, I was curious how you're, um, uh, you are with medical jargon, and are they throwing a lot at you that you have to uh, be able to be fluent with? Yeah, it's it's the hardest part is trying to pull off a lot of the medical jargon. You, you, you know, you lose a couple of teeth every time you try to talk about pancreatitis and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, uh, it's very hard. And you watch old medical shows and, and including Chicago med and you wonder how they do it. Um, I'm, it's never been an easy thing for me to, to rattle off a bunch of symptoms, except when I look at myself in the mirror, then it becomes really <laughs> Uh, there's a great cast on Chicago Med. One of my favorites is uh, Oliver Platt. Uh, have you guys crossed paths yeah. in your uh, professional careers? Yeah, I know Ollie. I get to call him Ollie, Ollie. Uh, from years ago when we were both youngish actors in New York City, and uh, when we were had fewer lines on our face, and we would casually smoke cigarettes and drink <laughs> gin and uh, not have it have it bother us. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm actually looking forward to working with him. We have some stuff coming up. Uh, but he's an he's an old pal. Yeah, that's one of the fun things about being around as long as I have is that no matter what set I'm on, I usually find somebody who I um, who I've crossed paths with I mean, in the past. That's, that's great. I, I you know uh, I first became from, you know? familiar with you from uh, the show Wings, which I I love. I'm a huge fan of, uh, and uh, the, the cast on that. So many of them have. Uh, oh, man. you guys have all gone on to do to great Jeez. things. Where is Wings available these days? By the way, I you know. As as a fan who followed the entire arc of the series, I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, the thing is that it, it ran so frequently, and it was almost like um, it was just it was just plastered all over TV. I, I, you know, you can probably find old episodes on YouTube, but I actually do think somebody told me that there is a channel, uh, an obscure niche channel, which runs it twenty four hours a day. But I, I honestly, I, I could not tell you, man. All right, I, I, I stopped getting. Um, 
residuals for that show many years ago. So, <laughs> well, once, once the money dries up, I lose interest. That's it. <laughs> As it should be. If there's no financial connection, What's the curtain point? must come down. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's wow. how it works. All right, Stephen, we, we want to wish you luck on uh, Chicago Med and just reminding everybody Wednesdays <laughs> at 8 p.m. on NBC and you'll have a seven-episode run for now. I don't know where what your agreements are, but maybe something will continue. Well, next he accepts the Emmy for guest appearance on a series. That's right. And think about that lunch question, too. (laughs) Yes, please. Oh, I'm gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be with me for days. (laughs) In therapy. Thank you, Stephen Weber. Take care, man. Uh, I love him. He's great. He's one of those people. And that's what you want him to be. Friendly, yeah. affable, yeah. fun like that. Did you watch Wings at all? I loved Wings. Yeah, me too. What a well-written him, Thomas Hayden Church, Tony Shalhoub. Tim what Daly. What a cast. Tim yeah. Daly. Unbelievable Remember Crystal cast. Bernard? Is Crystal that Bernard was great. She I loved was her. Stunning. The yeah. redhead, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, the, the, there was... Uh, no, that was... Uh, oh, uh, Crystal Amy. Bernard was the... was. There were the two of them. Uh, the John Ritter's wife was also on the show. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Uh, it was such a great show. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was smart. Uh, it, and obviously, some of those, a lot of those cast members went on to great things. Yeah. And the fact that they did the brothers, they were the brothers, which yeah. was, which is a cool dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And hey. it, uh, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, it's man. Great. I can't. He's excellent. On I that mean, show. his, his part, they were all great. I mean, for people who aren't familiar with the show, he, he kind of got the, the short end of the stick because, yeah. uh, you know, there, yeah. was, there were another, uh, other powerhouses were on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Monk is a show that I probably should maybe try and find on, on some sort of streaming platform because yeah. I never really, um, followed it. I think I've maybe seen like one or two episodes. But he's great in uh, Maisel, Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, he is. And um, then also he said there's this movie that people don't necessarily know about called Quick Change that I love, and he's got a bit part in that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's with Bill Murray and Gina Davis and Randy Quaid before his, you know, he yeah, really went yeah. off the deep end. But it's, it's a bank heist movie. It's great. Uh, and then also Galaxy Quest. Galaxy oh, Quest great as, as the, the engineer. engineer. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, Stephen Weber, Chicago Med. There you go. All right, we're going to take a break. Not before I remind you, though, that we do have a uh, chance for you to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo today. Uh, and it is courtesy of a new location where we're giving away a tattoo, and it's an old friend, Bob Dodge, outstanding tattoo artist. And the name of his shop is called uh, Runic Tattoo, and they're in Newtown Square, Delco, and you can see Bob's work at Runic Tattoo or at Bob Dodge on Instagram and on Facebook. So text the word tattoo to 39333 and uh, we'll have a chance to win at some point this morning. We will give that away. We're going to take a break. Coming back with Bart Bizarre File Stories up next. The President Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So we need confirmation. I mean, it's it's really dark outside, right? Yeah, and bless, bless you. you, Casey. I think, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's outside. I don't think it's. I think it's a combination of our windows and outside. I, yes, it uh, looks it's, like it's cloudy, definitely. But I mean, we. I can't tell if that's an overabundance of tint or if it's almost like nighttime outside right so, now. So, so Preston, during uh, so daylight savings time, we we put our clocks ahead twelve hours, right? Right. That's it. Yeah. That's and then we end like. up. Then this is normal. At Do you want 10 me to go, PM, look, go look in uh, Kristen's studio? She has a, a clear. Oh, she has no tint. She has no tint. She has a clear studio? window. This, one looked. this is Armageddon okay. level. Yeah. What is that, Marissa? I don't. I don't know. You're holding up a picture of something. Come over here. Oh, I'm sorry. A, I thought he was saying it. I went down the hallway and took a picture. It's not. 
beautiful out, but it's not what we're seeing. Oh, okay. it's right. clear. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a text from somebody in Valley Forge that says it's snowing there right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Right. Anyway, it, it and looks... there will be no accumulation. I will not accept it. It looks really dark out. Somebody says it's hailing in in Yeadon. 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 Flurries in Exton. Hailing in Yaden. Locusts in uh, <laughs> yeah, Shalfont. Shalfont. <laughs> the and Delaware is blood. Flurrying in Philly. I'm seeing these. Uh, snowing in Collegeville. Uh, overcast and snowing in Pottstown. Angel of Death in Bryn Mawr. Uh, somebody said they're in Williamstown, New Jersey. It's like dusk. Um, huh. Let's see here. It's very biblical this morning. I'm in southern Jersey, and it's like evening out. So there you go. It's not just us, guys. Okay. All right. And, and yes... More hailing here in Yaden. How about that? Huh. Uh, All hail Yaden. Oh. <laughs> All hail, hail the great Yaden. Yes. All hail Yaden. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of shout outs real quick. Uh-huh. If you guys don't mind. I'm trying to. Um, these are getting backed up. So here's one says, uh, hey, good morning, it. Gadzooks, I'm a huge fan of the President Steve show. I'm writing uh, to request a shout out for my father-in-law. His name is George. He lives in the Worcester Skipack area. He's 72 years old and just beat the hell out of renal cell carcinoma cancer. Nice. He had to have one of his kidneys removed due to an enlarged tumor on his kidney. The irony of this request is that the a common side effect of surgery with the kidney is a lot of gas. And he's an all-around lovable kind of guy. And is now cancer-free. Everyone close to him couldn't be happier. I think it's now safe to say that he can let her rip. And if a shart or two happens to come out, no one will judge you. You guys rock. So that is from Ryan from uh, Perky Omenville. So here's a shart out for you. Uh, and then I'll do another one. Oh, this is uh, this is from us to this guy. Now, I got this last week. Murph and I apologize. I didn't get a chance to get back to you. Uh, but our buddy Murph... Um, has uh, w- had uh, emailed us last Thursday. He said he was heading to immigration to be sworn in as a Yank. Oh, that's awesome. That only took 13 years. And uh, he says, now I can say crap like darn tootin' all y'all. <laughs> Glad to be doing it in Philly. Going to grab a ride on a lawnmower on the way home, he says. That <laughs> MMR rocks. Miss you guys. So, Murph. That's Murph, very Congratulations. This is a shout awesome. out for you, bud. American citizen. And shout outs are sponsored by U.S. Digestive Health Colonoscopy. It beats cancer. Schedule your screening with Pennsylvania's most experienced GI network at usdigestivehealth.com. All right, we're going to do the bizarre file. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. Brought to you by your local Confidence Plus Service Center. Car in need of service? Well, find your location at myconfidenceplus.com. Doctors in Michigan under investigation after posting Instagram pictures of themselves playing a Price is Right type game in which they try to guess the weight of organs that they have just freshly sliced out of their patients. Huh. The doctors are medical residents employed by Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids. Uh, One of their Instagram posts showed an unidentified doctor holding up an organ with the caption, The other game we play in the OR is Guess That Weight. And it applies to much more than just babies. As always, Price is Right rules. So if you go over, then you're out. I hope they don't play uh, Plinko with the organs. Right. Spectrum Health, uh, which runs three hospitals in Grand Rapids, said in a statement, We are shocked and dismayed when we learned... 
that surgical images were posted on an Instagram account, not officially connected to Spectrum Health, that was used by a group of medical residents. None of the doctors have been identified. I listen. I I don't see see it as a big deal. I mean, testicle wiffle ball. I'd be upset with. But I mean, uh, I mean, it's stuff you do at work, little games yeah. that you play. But posting it online is kind of stupid. It's also a HIPAA violation. Unethical. Well, I don't know. As long as you don't identify the person, but uh, but it's a bit unethical. But yeah, I could see. You know, part of what they do is they weigh these things immediately, and if you if you take a look at it and try and want to guess what it is, yeah, no big deal. There. Yeah. yeah. A fitness center in the Sunshine State, FLA, has put its own twist on the goat yoga trend by introducing hens and roosters to its chicken yoga session. Chicken yoga? I kid you not. Dude, they crap all over the place. Union, well, My Kathy. My back is covered in crap. Kathy, they've got a solution. And Gene, you're covered here. Union 3 Studio, based in Tampa Bay's uh, Yiber City neighborhood, I guess, or, or Iber. It's like Yaden. Uh, hosts its first chicken yoga event on Sunday. Uh, these yoga chickens are residents of the Yiber Misfits uh, Mis- uh, Micro Sanctuary, a refuge that houses abandoned birds. Dylan Breeze, manager of the sanctuary, said that the chickens are domesticated. Yes. And that they're bathed and put in diapers before <laughs> the class commences. <laughs> To ensure that yogis aren't planting their hands and feet in bird excrement. It's disgusting. I do yoga Pilates and yoga Zumba, uh, chicken uh, Zumba. That's it, yes. Uh, Breeze said, we get the diapers from Etsy and they wrap over the wings and under the legs for a perfect fit. It's kind so of they're, disgusting. They're custom made for them. Yep. He said, once snapped over the back, they're ready for some crescent lunges and warrior poses. <laughs> so what's wow. the, uh, okay, so uh, they, they get on your back? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, while chickens are... Would their talons rip your flesh up? ...are still somewhat of a novelty in the wellness trend, combining yoga with animal therapy. Well, uh, the feathery creature, creatures have started to emerge as emotional support animals in recent years. They got me through a loss. <laughs> uh, novelty aside, Yabert City has a long and rich chicken history... Yes. ...that dates back to the 1800s when immigrants... My dearest wife, <laughs> I'm fighting for you and I'm fighting for our chickens. When uh, immigrants went to the area, when immigrants in the area kept uh, the animals for food and they would set up farms and homesteads. I would like to rock and roll all night and party every day. As of uh, 1889, 1989, I'm sorry, an ordinance declared, listen to this, I didn't know this, all of Tampa Bay a bird sanctuary. Today we declare all of Tampa Bay a bird sanctuary. Which prohibits anyone from hunting, killing, maiming, or trapping birds. Really? Yep. Everything, including a chicken. Everything. And now they're doing chicken yoga. There's um in uh, Tabernacle, New Jersey, there's alpaca yoga now. Okay, I believe it. Wouldn't they crush you? Yeah, those things weigh a lot. Yeah. I don't right. think they're standing on you. Yeah. Uh, a man is being held on no bond after killing his grandfather Saturday evening. At about uh, 6.40 in the evening, deputies were called to a home. They found uh, Ronald Wells Sr., 77 years old, dead on the front porch with multiple stab wounds. Jeez. Now, Colby Allen Parker told investigators that he and Wells were smoking marijuana together when an altercation ensued. Parker claimed his grandfather came at him with a knife, and after disarming him, he used the knife against him. Officials said that while speaking with Parker, he took out two ears from his pocket. Oh, man! The ears belonged to Wells. Parker then fought deputies as they secured him. That. 
how do you get into a knife fight while smoking pot? Authorities said uh, Parker later changed his story of what happened and said he stabbed his grandfather multiple times in the head and cut off his ear so yeah. that he could be with his deceased grandmother. Aww. Uh, Parker is charged with second-degree murder, battery on a law enforcement officer, and resisting with violence. Well, what reason for chopping the ears off? Don't know. Okay, yeah. I do, I do not know, but... He, I'll get back to you on that. He thought it was the right thing to do at yeah. the time. Go yeah. to, so he could be your grandma without his ears. Uh, so you know that your bank will send you a new debit card if, uh, if yours is about to expire, but they'll usually only send you one. A man on Reddit says that his bank actually sent him 64 copies of the same debit card. <laughs> Jesus. That's a lot of debit. He shared a photo of the cards still attached to letters from the premium members credit union. He explained back in December, I started receiving replacement debit cards. Uh, they'd show up one or two at a time every few days. I've called my bank several times, but the card issuance is handed by handled by a third party. The only difference between each card is the expiration date and I assume the CVV, which are sequential. Uh, the first card expires on uh, December tw- of uh, 23, and the last expires on uh, April of 30, meaning the year, uh, with every card in between. Although it's, I seem to me- be missing 0729, he said. <laughs> well, you want the full set. Uh, he added that now he thinks that the issue may have been resolved as he canceled the card and hasn't received any more duplicates in over a week, but it got 64 total. Yeah, if you have a, a debit card out there, you know, that could be a lot of problem. Yeah. And that is all I have for the Bizarre File for you right now, my friend. Want you to stay close. We're going to ask a question about today's show, and we got a prize that you can grab for that. So we'll take a break, come back in a second, get to the lesson question. The trash and music news as well, so stay put. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, it's a Tuesday. We're slowly working our way, inching our way through the work week. Uh, but some things to keep you busy along the way. Uh, like a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve themed tattoo. Text word tattoo 39333. Very shortly, we're going to pick a winner for uh, the new Runic Tattoo Shop in uh, Newtown Square. So that'll be along shortly. In the meantime, some other business. One of those things being a chance for you to win a home run package for all that rage, a new rage room at the Bates Motel Escape Room Facility in Westchester. And we're going to do it with a lesson question. We'll see if you've been paying attention to the show this morning. And let's see if you caught this quick little uh, reference. Who was Casey's waitress at his greatest lunch ever? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Not really. It wasn't really a waitress there. <laughs> but Steve was having some fun as we were talking about Casey's favorite lunch of all time. And uh, who was the waitress? They're making a movie about it. They're making know? Touchstones doing it. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Call. We'll do this while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. It's brought to you by U.S. Digestive Health. Colonoscopy. It beats cancer. Schedule your screening with Pennsylvania's most experienced GI network at U.S. Digestive Health. 
Rock.com. What's happening this morning, Steve? Well, Naya Rivera fans are expressing their frustration after the late singer was omitted from the Grammys in memoriam segment. Grammy officials apologize for the oversight, saying it's the one part of the show that everyone is dying to get into. Ah, oh, my God. In the final episode of Allen vs. Farrow on HBO, Mia Farrow states she wishes she had never met Woody Allen. When asked if that was because he cheated on her with her own stepdaughter and then married her stepdaughter, she responded, Yes, that that would be one of the reasons. Hey! And finally, Denise Richards saying she is always working hard to make sure her ex, Charlie Sheen, is making time for their daughters. Richards says many, many times that involves actively slapping hookers off of his face. (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we're going to try and get an answer to the lesson question. Uh, who was Casey's waitress at the, his greatest lunch ever? Uh, 215-263-WMMR. And we will go to Anthony for the answer. Anthony, morning, dude. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, Anthony. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> who is Casey's waitress at his greatest lunch ever? I believe that would be Kathy. You got it. Yeah, hang on, Anthony. We are going to set you up, Fred, with a home run package for all that rage. A new rage room located at the Bates Motel Escape Room Facility in Westchester. Your package includes a 15-minute session with over 20 breakable items. Safety equipment included and COVID-19 protocols are in place. You can visit allthatrage.com to book your visit and for complete details. Let's get into some music news. Preston and Steve's Music View on 93.3 WMMR. Music News brought to you this morning by Royal Farms. Real real fresh, real fast. Start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. Uh, It's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world and freshly ground just seconds before serving. Uh, so we'll start with the story I covered in entertainment news earlier this morning. But rock fans that watched Sunday's 63rd annual Grammy Awards were surprised at the brevity in which iconic guitarist Eddie Van Halen was honored during the In Memoriam section. A 15-second clip of Eddie performing his signature instrumental eruption played while a spotlight shone on his legendary Frankenstrat guitar. And that was all there was. One time Van Halen frontman Gary Sharon tweeted out, Maybe an artist that reimagined how one plays an instrument who continues to influence generations of musicians and literally changed the course of rock and roll deserves more than 15 seconds at the Grammys. Yeah. Uh, So Wolfgang, his son, also took to social media and posted about it. He said, the Grammys had asked me to play Eruption for the In Memoriam section, and I declined. Uh, I don't think anyone could have lived up to what my father did for music, but himself, he didn't think it was appropriate. For no, him to I agree. Playing his father's yeah. Uh he said it was my understanding that there would be an in memoriam section where bits of songs were performed for legendary artists that had passed. I didn't realize that they would only show, show pop for fifteen seconds in the middle of four full performances for others that we had lost. And they did do that. And he said what hurt the most was that he wasn't even mentioned when they talked about artists that we lost in the beginning of the show. And I know rock isn't the most popular genre right now. And he says in the academy doesn't seem a bit out of it does seem a bit out of touch. But I think it's impossible to ignore the legacy that my father left on that instrument, the world of rock also and music in general. There will never be another innovator like him. I'm not looking to start some kind of hate parade. I just wanted to explain my side. 
I know Pop would have probably just laughed it off and said, eh, who gives an S? He was only about the music anyway. The rest didn't really matter. He said, I'd love to get the opportunity to speak with the Recording Academy, not only about the legacy of my father, but the legacy of the rock genre moving forward. Thank you. That's from Wolfgang. Thank you. Evanescence will release a graphic anthology series called Echoes from the Void in conjunction with their upcoming album called The Bitter Truth. The graphic series will ship in June. The Bitter Truth will really be released later this month. How graphic? Are we talking full frontal? Yeah, it must be. No, it's a graphic novel. Oh. Uh, so Echoes from the Void will expand on themes from The Bitter Truth as well as other songs from Evanescence's catalog. Uh, the band's lead singer Amy Lee and her sister Carrie Lee were both will both be featured in the series. Uh, according to a release, the five-issue series consists of 48-page deluxe comic books. Each features uh, two or more story adaptations from the Evanescence catalog. The project is compromised, not compromised, comprised of a series of short stories created by an all-star cast of graphic artists, animators, illustrators, fine artists, screenwriters, novelists, and more. Uh, the first issue includes two stories inspired by the song Better Without You and Wasted On You from The Bitter Truth. That's a lot of content. Yep. We're going to circle back to Van Halen for just a moment. A uh, true reunion of the band will never happen, obviously, after Eddie being gone. Uh, but Michael Anthony is open to jam with David Lee Roth sometime. I recently spoke about the possibility, explaining when he did his residency stuff in Las Vegas out here, he said, because I think it turned out uh, I couldn't anyway. I think I had something going on with the circle. But I was actually going to show up and see about going up on stage and jamming with Dave. So he's still open at that time. That'd be cool. Uh, Michael, who was forced out of Van Halen replaced by Wolfgang uh, for the band's reunion tours and sessions, said, I've got no beef with any of the guys about any of that stuff. At this point in the career my, uh, in the career and my life, uh, it's like, hey, I'll, I'll play it all. And, and I'm sure if it came up, if it was the right situation, I'd let it happen. Uh, by the way, speaking of The Circle, Sammy Hagar and his group, The Circle, have been unveiling, uh, had just recently unveiled their latest lockdown collaboration. It's a cover of the Robert Palmer favorite bad case of loving you have you uh, heard it i have not no. i'd like to hear that uh the red rocker posted on social media i've always loved this song written and recorded by moon martin and taken to the top by the one and only mr robert palmer as we continue our home sessions uh we hope uh, to be able to bring it to you live in 2021 elton john shows some strong words while slamming the vatican for its hypocrisy in investing in movies about gay people while condemning them as sinners. Ultimate Classic Rock reported on the Catholic Church's stance against same-sex relationships, citing homosexuality as a choice, with gay unions being deemed sinful, which cannot be blessed. The report posted in his tweet, Elton displayed a screenshot to a 2019 report from the Daily Beast, which detailed some of the Vatican's financial investments, among them, $4.5 million towards the production of two films, Men in Black, uh, Men in Black International, and Rocket Man. Elton's post reads, How can the Vatican refuse to bless gay marriages because they are a sin, yet happily make a profit from investing millions in Rocket Man, a film which celebrates my finding happiness from my marriage to David? And then he hashtagged it, hypocrisy. But he just felt like he needed to say something about that. And then finally, uh, we got a chance for you to win a case of beer, friends. That's all the music news. But how about this? The new 6% Hazy IPA Brotherly Love. Ooh. 
Caller number 18, it's yours. 215-263-WMMR. It's a beer with purpose. And now available in 12 packs at Parkway Corner on 22nd and Spring Garden in Philly. To learn more about this beer and its mission, visit victorybeer.com slash brotherly love. Cheers. All right, so caller number 18, you have to be at least 21, and we will set you up with that. Coming back in a moment, going to get our winner for the tattoo. We're going to wrap up the show, and we'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week and see what Pierre's up to. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR, now available at radio.com while supplies last. Uh, what the hell's going on today, Preston? Snow and hail. What's going on? Snow and, and hail. And uh, dark of night. All that wonderful stuff. Snow and Hail was a great uh, rock group in the seventies. Um, but we—it's going to be next few days. Going to be cloudy like this, so we do have some. Uh, we need it though. Rain coming in uh, the next few days, and then uh, I'm looking towards Saturday. Looks like sunny on Saturday. So we got that. Uh, what's the temperature? Uh, fifty. Yeah, it's workable. Yeah, it's going to be fifty-four. It's fine. A little bit warmer in the next couple of days. No, if it's sunny and uh, you're outside, and uh, it's fine. And fifty, it's no problem. Come on, people. Um, I would like to thank our guests on the show. We had uh, a lot of great uh, discussions today. Mark Summers and Ian Schott. Yeah. Uh, Mark is, uh, well, he, he kind of backed Ian on this. Ian is the guy who did all the work uh, as far as the, the photography and being the host of this thing. It's called The Last Unknown, uh, the Aleutian Islands, and it is streaming on Discovery starting on the 18th. So two more days you'll be able to check yeah, it out. Yeah, I already, I already logged on. I'm going to get it. The so. imagery is stunning in this, man. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. and we this is an area I've always been fascinated with. Yeah. Uh, so thank those guys for coming on, as well as Mr. Tom Papa. Yeah. Tom has got an interactive show that's streaming on Saturday the 27th, and it will include a live 45-minute set by Tom and live in-studio audience selected from the ticket buyers and live Q&A from the audience uh, chat. And you can get the tickets at RushTix.com. He's such so you, a great guy. You'll hear live audience response. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of cool. You yeah. kind of need that instead of it's car little, horns honking. A little bit more normal. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen Weber. Yeah. yeah. He was awesome. Uh, he has a multi-episode arc coming up on NBC's medical drama Chicago Med. And that starts tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on NBC10. He was great to talk to. There's a whole Chicago series, isn't there? Yeah. Chicago yeah. Fire, Chicago Police, Eating. Chicago Sanitation. All that stuff, yeah. Uh, Chicago Sandwich Shop. Sandwich Shop. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Chicago! All right. Chicago! That's the theme to that Chicago Med. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. It That's is. Uh, it's Tuesday, and that means we've got to give away our tattoo. And I do have a winner. Thanks to everybody who texted in, and we are going to set up, let me see if I, I don't have my glasses on, Joshua Cliver from New Egypt, New Jersey, and uh, Joshua got a $350 gift certificate for Bob Dodge's all-new Runic Tattoo. Nice. You can get tattooed in his all-new private studio and gallery uh, in Newtown Square, Delaware County, and see Bob's work at... RunicTattoo.com or Bob Dodge on Instagram and Facebook. I have to get out to New Egypt. Yeah. And check yeah. out the pyramids. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The sphinxes. Yeah, absolutely. plenty of cool things. I mean, they're a little newer than the regular Egypt. But New, old, yeah, still impressive. doesn't matter. Yeah. Fiberglass. Yeah, fiberglass. How are you doing today, Pierre? Fine, thanks. Excellent. We've been talking about how dark it is out there today. We couldn't tell if it was just our tinting or is it actually really dark out today? No, uh, having come from the outside, it's not as dark as our lovely tinting. Uh, 
um, makes it seem. Okay. I hate uh, this. I hate this so much. It just it just <laughs> brings down. It it robs you of your passion to live. No, it's only we're only the flagship for the entire Beasley Broadcasting Company. Uh, uh, you know, the number one station, but we have to look out the Borg window of this turd-like Borg. building because um, you can't polish a turd, and yet they've tried. Um, but it's a it's a it's a lovely. I remember when we were moving out here, we had this amazing studio downtown, and it was like Star Trek. And um, I said. And I was so disappointed we were moving out of the city. And I said, well, this is our last broadcast. It's time to move to a six-story curved chicken coop in (laughs) Ballack Inwood. And I got here, and the engineer, chief engineer at the time, walked over and said, welcome to the six-story stucco chicken coop. You so lovely. I go, I'm off to a good start. Yeah, they were not happy that you'd called it that. No. I I mentioned I forgot to mention stucco. Yeah, six yeah. story stucco curved chicken coop. <laughs> it's a lovely facility with a now it's got and now an attempt to modernize it. They can you imagine how much that company has spent on that thing on that Borg? Now it's like the hole in jail where you don't it, get it, any it, light. I mean, but he's right. It does look like a, a Borg cube has slammed into the building. If you watch Star Trek, the yeah. Borg was this giant black cube that would yeah. go and absorb all life in its in its path. Resistance is futile. It's futile, and um, and it, it, I call it the Borg when approaching it. What are you laughing at? I, just, I love how when you I already angry. signed a contract, they can't f with me now. But the, the, your 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 go to insult of choice is the word turd, and because you use it when uh, uh, talking well, about Axel, yeah, right, and this yeah. building, and I, I appreciate that about well, you. High compliments for high yeah. things. Flaming turd. Flaming turd. Uh, well, there's no flames on this one. <laughs> just the glow. Just the glow. Of the inner light. Steaming turd is always steaming, a good one. Yeah. Steaming it. This is uh, a dark turd. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's no, I mean, well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was going to try to salvage that with something positive. That's all right. oh, that but, good. It, you know. You're good. But I, I have wondered how much the Philadelphia insurance, have you, millions and millions well, on I, that Borg. I think and there's the stairway to nowhere. Uh, when you walk in, there's this, this ghost lobby. There's not a soul in it. They have to have spent hundreds of thousands on the lobby alone. There's not a soul there. And they have chairs. Well, that's the dead receptionist, the okay. ghost receptionist, Never the stairway mind. to nowhere. He's rolling. And it's rolling. It's going up and up and up. Or and you're the, rolling. And then it goes to nowhere. And then it goes up another level to nowhere. And I'm going, how many millions did they spend on that? Because it has to be millions. You have to admit that. Sure, absolutely. Do you yeah. like those chairs that sit right up in the front that have a backing that goes up 32 feet? Yeah. They're interesting. Yeah. They, they actually don't bother me. Yeah. I'll say something nice about the chair. <laughs> <laughs> we got ping pong tables now. We're going to play some ping pong. Oh, well, that's what yeah. Did, did you? Yeah. I didn't notice that, but... What I found fascinating last fall is they put chaise lounges they out. They did. Or, or, uh, and front. I'm going, who comes to Ballackinwood <laughs> to hang out at a place like this and sit on a chaise lounge? You can take a nap No, you now. take your lunch out there. Yeah. Eventually, it's nice. I think it looks nice enough, but it's utterly just, I found it bizarre. Okay. Maybe, maybe that is more polish. And, and it, God knows we'll take all the polish we can get. That's right. Now, is that for Philadelphia Insurance, or can we use that? I, I I think that's for them. I don't know. But if you want it, honey, it's yours. Well, if it's out in front of the building, I don't know how they're going to s- stop, you know, Excuse me. That's <laughs> they only turn for our lights off every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's only for Philadelphia Insurance Company. Hmm. Thank you. 
All right. Well, we'll we'll keep you updated on this as it progresses. <laughs> we'll revisit this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shall we get the letter of the day? I was thinking. All right. Here we go. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMLR. Now the daily letter. Right, the, pre- out there, man. The, Preston, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you, children. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. Oh, as in, oh, Dad, thanks for stopping me. All right. <laughs> we have $500 to give away. We're going to do it on Friday. It's part of the T-Mobile 5G Fridays where T-Mobile is giving away 5Gs in the name of speed. With the Preston and Steve show, uh, for another shot of 500 bucks, you click contest WMMR.com and enter to win one of five $500 online prizes. T-Mobile is the first to bring 5G speeds to cities and towns across America. Coverage and speed. Who says you can't have it all? T-Mobile, are you with us? So we give that away on Friday. What you doing today, man? Thank you for asking. I'm going to have some fun. We'll have workforce blocks of uh, heart. We had uh, Brett's birthday yesterday, so we'll get to it today with poison. And you guys were talking about Van Halen. We'll do a block of Van Halen. I've got a couple of really cool things, and I'd love to find that um, that song you were talking about and put it in the block. Weren't you talking about oh a, uh, from the Circle, Circle song? Yeah, um, are um, they coverings? Yeah, he posted it on his Instagram account. Uh, Sammy did, so it is probably available at some point. Yeah, what, what song was it again? It's a uh, it's um, Robert Palmer. Bad case loving you. No, it yeah, bad, bad case, case loving, loving you. you. Yeah, was that yeah. It? yeah. Okay, be, yeah. that would be fun to throw in if I could okay. find it. Pancake can probably scale that up for okay. you. All right, cool. Excellent. Thank you, Pierre. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Also brought to you by LASIK Experts. I forgot this is our new yeah. music on Tuesdays. Uh, LASIK Experts. Book your free LASIK consultation today at LASIKExperts.com, by the way. Also brought to you by U.S. Digestive Health Colonoscopy. It beats cancer. Schedule a screening at usdigestivehealth.com. Uh, tomorrow's program, uh, we'll go live on Fox Good Day, which we do on Wednesdays. We'll have a secret text for it as well. Jay Wright will be checking in, NCAA tourney. Uh, it's on Friday. Yeah. And your Wildcats, so it's always good to talk to Jay. And we're also going to have uh, Nate Bergetzi on the program, too. Uh, so we have a few things happening that you will want to be a part of. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you again. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hey, everybody. My name is Leslie, and I am the owner of Made by Lab, a sustainable accessory brand made in Philadelphia and sold online. You may have seen my masks around town. They fit great, are breathable, have an adjustable nose wire that prevents your glasses from fogging, and are the only ones I've seen with chin elastic. But best of all, they don't move when you talk. I make everything from natural fibers or dead stock material, and all of my packaging is biodegradable. Check it out for yourself at madebylad.com or on Instagram at M-A-D-E-B-Y-L-A-D. Thanks for your support. Next message. Hey, Preston and Steve listeners. Are you a pop culture geek that loves Marvel and DC movies, Harry Potter, Disney, video games, Star Wars, or all of it? Then visit Poppin and Chalfont. Even in the wild year that was 2020, we were voted best bar and best wings in Bucks County. Go to popinbar.com for a virtual tour. That's P-O-P-I-N-N-B-A-R.com. Thanks for listening to me and to Preston and Steve. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonandSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.